With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Everyone, welcome to the OFD Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bold, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And joining me once again are my co-hosts, Senior Editor Jude Seymour and Grand Warrior Brendan McAlinden, a.k.a. Finnan. Uh, fellas, what's going down? Uh, just getting sweaty, um, getting a little worked up about your uh, story about rivalries today, as I think the comments section is, so... I uh, can't wait to, to discuss this with you and, and obviously the news of the day. Uh, my Charo, I have uh, I'm wearing my uh, armbands uh, that you have bestowed upon me. Um, glory be to Thor and the gods of. Um, <laughs> uh, I am also uh, adorned in my recently acquired Notre Dame 2020 the shirt. I'm wearing it right now. It looks it looks. Awful, but I'm wearing it. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm so glad the whole we don't family. Video. Quick, the, quick the editorial comment. Quick editorial comment. I mean, I, I got a hundred of these shirts for for my club, and we were sorting them or whatever. The logo on the front is just way too Huge. big. Way Huge. too big. We got one for our uh, daughter who's coming in almost exactly a month from today, and uh, it's a zero to three month. It is the entirety of her. The logo is going to be just I'll take a picture uh, of her when she comes and the, the picture I'll put out there will be her in that shirt. It is just the logo is that is her. It's the whole onesie. It's ridiculous. It's like uh, when my uh, old college buddy, Brian Snyder, uh, d- d- developed the shirt for uh, Animal Crossing. And uh, <laughs> on, the, on the guys, it just looks it's it just basically envelops them. So I imagine it's, something similar with your with your daughter or something. It's so. like, do you remember that Boise State helmet when they played uh, Georgia in 2012? I mean, I'm really going back there. But like the <laughs> wrap Boise, around graphics. Yeah, it was the wrap. The, the Boise logo was just like wrapping around the side of the head. It's just like enormous. That's what it's going to be like. It's just going <laughs> to. You know, I had a. Uh, was like my freshman and sophomore year in high school. I had a public enemy shirt that was kind of like this huge wraparound thing uh, with a scope on it, I had, <laughs> which I kinda, which I wore underneath my pants when I played football. Uh, I, I, I guess I don't mind a good wraparound. Uh, yeah, I think I'm boy. I a solid one on that one. <laughs> well, it, it depends. <laughs> good on, stuff. It depends on if it was purposely made as a wraparound or the logo is just so big. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I actually don't I don't mind the color. I kind of like the hunter green. Um, the back is OK. Uh, the front just bothers the hell out of me. This one's going to be a tough one for, you know, I'll, I'm like Brendan. The, I, the, I, S, I, is ter- I, the S is terrible. It's I, a support the, I, I support the endeavor, but I, I really don't love this one. So. And I don't like the fit of it. No way, there's no way around that S. There's there's no way to save. There's no way to save that shirt because of that S. 
I mean, if it was a different, if it could have done anything else different with that and everything else in the shirt as same, people could have some saving graces. Not for me, obviously. Uh, but I mean, there, I mean, God, how, how do you do, how, how is that allowed? How did that happen? That S is an abomination. Uh, this is, it's, do you remember the, <laughs> do you remember the 2011 Notre Dame fighting Irish Michigan Wolverines football oh, game course. under the lights. Notre Dame had a beautiful jersey. Yeah. And it made it pretty far in the pool. Michigan in that game, they had the numbers on the helmet and their jersey, like with the stripes on it, was pretty sharp, except for the fact they had this big, dumb, giant M on the center of their chest that yeah. took off. It, it's along the same lines where it's like you took something that could have been good and then you ruined it with a giant letter on the front. Don't put giant letters on the yeah. front of things. But it wasn't like Notre Dame's M either. You know what I'm saying? That is USC's S on the front yeah, there. That's, it sure I, is. I mean, yeah. it, it took me all of like three seconds uh, to, for that to process completely. It was like that. You know, like I've seen this is horrible. Well, I've seen this. Oh, that's SC's fucking I you know, logo. I, I would also like to point out for all of the nonsense going on with it, there there is a link on the um, it comes with like a fake ticket stub on it. And mm-hmm. on the back of it, it's like, find out why this is the way that it is by going to this URL. So, like, I, I didn't go to it because I've already seen that there's a whole power. Oh, I have people literally like justifying Facebook. Saying, you, this is this explains it all. Go to here. It explains everything. I don't care. I don't care. Were the three with were the three Air Force jets for all Faust's losses to the Falcons in no, the 1980s? God, or? No, this, this is not National Treasure Part Three. All right, <laughs> we don't need to be looking for lost clues on a freaking T-shirt. It's, hey, it's uh, coming though. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of the shirt, it re- reminds me. Uh, I got I got the uh, I got a review. We got to read here. Okay. And just to remind all all of you out there. Uh, please rate and review this show. Uh, if you go on Apple Podcasts, if you leave a review, I, I will read that bad boy uh, word for word. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that right now. We got the another five star review in from Hayden Ad- Adams 13. Thank you, Hayden. Uh, and it uh, it says no words can suffice. As a current student and <laughs> an avid sports fanatic, I'm a bit of an ND podcast connoisseur. I want to thank these guys because their podcast, along with several others, got me through last summer doing manual labor at a power plant and getting me through the sportsless COVID escape this summer. OFD didn't click with me immediately. I honestly found Josh insufferable. <laughs> as much as I, hate, as I hate to say it, he really won me over and opened my eyes with his surprisingly insightful trashing of the shirt. These guys may not be the most well-versed in their analysis, but their entertainment value still abounds. Long live the 8-bit Super Mario Brothers fight song. Thank you very much, Hayden Adams 13. And I mean, I do take issue with the well-versed in analysis. I'm not exact, exactly sure what you're talking about there, but uh, uh, I'm glad I won you over. It, it's it's the power of uh, of quantity. Uh, we, we just kept hitting you with one or two podcasts a week, and we we finally wrote you in. So I appreciate it all. Nobody yeah. likes coffee the first time they drink it, but then the more and more you do it, you begin to appreciate the subtleness of it and you notice things and then you can't live without it. Yeah. It's uh, it's, 
it's part of your daily regimen, right? Like <laughs> you were addicted. Welcome wow. to be addicted to the, the best OFT part podcast there. of waking up is a two and a oh. half, maybe three hour podcast in your, <laughs> in your cup. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, we well, thanks for the review. That, that was, uh, that was funny. I mean, it was, it was great. <laughs> uh, we, I, we, we all, we all found Josh insufferable at first, but then we just hung in there. So I, I have just like this amazing uh, talent of being awful to everybody. Uh, and somehow, <laughs> then somehow just sticking around. And I, I just like, a am like a bad wart. <laughs> <laughs> you keep growing, getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> you can't even freeze this shit out, but <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, we, we got a pretty good show, I think lined up for you. Um, but there, there was one bit of news that I want to get, get, uh, get out there and, uh, it's something you're going to be listening to this on uh, Monday morning, I imagine. Uh, but uh, something I put on the triple option right, right quick is Notre Dame's apparently, you know, speaking of shirts and things like that, uh, Under Armour's in a bit a bit of trouble right now. Uh, their stock price uh, is continually uh, tanking. Uh, Kevin Plank is no longer the CEO, um, you know, of the company, and now they. Uh, they're telling UCLA they want to back out of their $18 million a year deal. Uh, guys, what the fuck? And <laughs> is, is there there's some point where you think that Notre Dame might have to start looking elsewhere? Well, it's a good thing Notre Dame's not tied to stock prices at any, at yeah. any point with this <laughs> arrangement, right? I like to take a whole bunch of UA stock in this deal or anything. So, uh, so that's, that's a plus. Oops. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the, Jude, the, Jude, what's the, the name? What's the name of the of the big guy on campus for the finances? Oh, uh, Malpass, Scott Malpass, but he's retiring. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was just, I was gonna say Scott Malpass is retiring. It's his lieutenant's taken over. So, uh, have fun with that, buddy. <laughs> Best of luck. <laughs> have fun storming the castle. Um, yeah. So the way that I understand this is basically Under Armour is claiming that they were supposed to get some sort of uh, marketing. Uh, benefit out of this that UCLA was supposed to do on their behalf. Um, UCLA never fulfilled that uh, end of the contract for a couple of years. I think they consummated this deal in 2016, if I recall correctly. And obviously the Notre Dame deal was consummated in, help me out, 2014, maybe 13, late 13. Um, just trying 14 to. Was just, the first, 14 yeah, was 14 the first. 14 was the first. Wore it. Uh, yeah, the football team wore it, but I was just trying to think about whether they got it done in the, the winter or the summer. But, anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, and so they got a 15-year deal. It was a record-setting $280 million deal, $80 million deal between uh, UCLA and Under Armour. And now, uh, four, well, four years into the deal, uh, Under Armour is trying to back out. Now, the context to this is that it's a tough time to be in an apparel company. I don't think it's just Under Armour. I think um, you know Nike and Puma and Reebok and all those other companies are probably experiencing something similar, maybe not as extreme as maybe Under Armour's feeling. Um, but you know, you gotta have sports to sell apparel, uh, especially if you get in with sports teams and when your sports teams aren't out there repping your, uh, Jersey, then it's kind of hard to move jerseys, move, move, uh, you know, gear and stuff like that associated with sports teams. So, um, I, I don't feel sorry for Under Armour. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a sympathetic. I just, I think I'm trying to under, I think I'm trying to understand the context in which this is happening. I, um, well, I, well, 
Yeah, I, I think that in this particular instance, I don't think that it has as much to do with Under Armour or even as much to do with Notre Dame as it has to do with the fact that UCLA is a dumpster fire right now. Their players were in essential open revolt, demand, saying that they didn't trust Chip Kelly's ability to monitor their health and do COVID screening, and they needed the the athletic director and the university to come and step in. Um that transition to Chip Kelly has not gone exceptionally well to this point. Um, they still haven't featured a winning record. And for most of last season, they barely featured an offense. Um, so I, I think it has probably more to do if, if you're cutting fat, UCLA is a great place to stand because as far as markets go, you're, you're the second fiddle in a large media market, but a media market that, is just that it's a media market. It's not really a college football market. Um, LA isn't particularly known for, uh, and you can see that from the Coliseum on any given Saturday, uh, where <laughs> their their stadium is more or less empty. Or, or the Rose Bowl, for that matter. Or the Rose Bowl um, is a sad place to look at on a, on a regular Saturday. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm not as concerned about it because I think it's more of just an indictment on the fact that UCLA as a program is as much of a dumpster fire as any prominent P5 that's excluding, you know, like a Wake Forest or a Vanderbilt or a Rutgers. Um, but somebody who should be UCLA should be a better program than they are. And the fact that they aren't is it's, it's, it's a little bit sad. I remember when this deal was consummated, a lot of people who work in these circles, marketing, finance, um, you know, kind of understand contracts. And I'm not talking about Darren Ravel, people smarter than him. Uh, we're scratching their heads at, you know, $280 million CCLA. Um, you know, just to put it in, uh, maybe a different perspective, uh, Cal got 86 million from, from, uh, from under armor in 2016. So the same exact year. And, uh, it's funny that Dennis Dodd's actually uh, from CBS, Dennis Dodd reported this morning that, uh, the bears gear has been removed from the under armor site as well. Um, so there's a rumbling that they're trying to back out of their deal with Cal. So again, does this touch Notre Dame? I, I have no idea. Um, but it got me chuckling about the one year that, uh, Connecticut found itself in between contracts and wore Aeropostel jerseys. Do you guys yes, remember that? I they, do remember yes. that. Was it, what was it early two thousands? Maybe I want to say like maybe Oh three or kind of around that time. Um, and just kind of, it you know, was pre Zach Frazier, UConn. Yeah. So I, I just, um, <laughs> you know, I guess it remains, uh, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. Cause you know, obviously if they're going after Cal too, then it's like, um, you know, could Maryland or Notre Dame be next or whoever they've got. Auburn, uh, Auburn, Auburn and uh, North. Right. Um, I mean, uh, unless, unless Under Armour like completely tanks, I still feel that you're going to like Auburn, Notre Dame, Maryland, which is like basically their, you know, their first school, the kind of like their, their, like their backyard. Blood. That's their yeah. Oregon. That's the, the Oregon right. the Nike. Navy. Navy's another, Navy's another one. That's a under armor school, uh, Boston college. I, I kind of feel like that's, I mean, maybe it's an East coast thing. I don't know. Um, but, uh, uh, I, I, unless they implode, I feel maybe that's what just what they're falling back on. I mean, it feels like a little bit of an Icarus situation, right? Like maybe too, too high, too fast. Um, it felt like they kind of came out of nowhere oh, and then they were, and then they were dropping these, 
kind of weird big deals, you know? So I think here's the thing I want to get across Notre Dame fans. Listed almost most. Here's the thing I want to get across Notre Dame fans, though. It and because you know just perusing the message boards, you know, here and there, and instantly someone jumps in with a, a Nike. No, no, it's got to go Nike. I've even seen people wanting to put that fucking basketball player on their fucking uniform, which is a tr- that's a fuck that's blasphemy. Uh, you know, because it's the cool look. Notre Dame is, as far as I know, and, and maybe Jude uh, can correct me on this, they're never gonna go with Nike for labor reasons. Not as long as they're employing slave labor in China, Notre Dame will never go to Nike. Yes. Jude, do you think that's accurate? You, I think you kind of have a little bit more of a ear to that than than I do. But I, I mean, that that uh, was always the reason provided to me was that Nike's never never going to be a thing in Notre Dame because because of that. I, 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 you're giving me too much credit. I honestly, I honestly don't know. I mean, it's it feels right, okay. but um, you know, it just would be speculation on my part. Uh, I get, look, I don't think there's, there's a lot of reasons not that look, Nike's an attractive brand for people, but there's some people that want to go back to champion. And I just, I I scratch my head at that too. (laughs) They've never left. They've never left. They're still, uh, they're still a partner of champion. There's a Georgia tech just left uh, Russell athletic. I mean, there is a giant hole that Russell just love to fill. Yeah, get me some some honeycombs on the shoulders of my football jersey because I'm all about that. <laughs> I I don't think I ever saw yeah, I mean, Russell. That's all right for jersey. Georgia Tech, though. I, I didn't oh yeah, you did. You saw him. Uh, you saw him in 2015 when they rolled into town. I just never saw one that yeah, I liked. I, you know, I and, just never and, thought it was bad. I, look. I think to be honest with you, if we can sidebar for a second, I think the people who like the the champion jerseys. Is because the name is Champion, like a, i.e. the winner, but and they and they represent the probably one of the most successful. Oh, uh, uh, they like it periods. because it represents a time. Yeah, it, re- right. it represents a time of but Notre Dame history that they wouldn't go back to. That just it doesn't exist you, anymore. Right. You look at those jerseys. Like I don't, I don't love those jerseys in any stretch of the imagination. And I, I went to school during the Champion era, but I don't, I don't have any affinity to them. Uh, uh, love, that, give me a, give me a mid drift. Midrift mesh jersey, tearaway jersey. Sign me up. <laughs> Let me see Bo Bauer coming down the field in a midrift tearaway jersey. Gross. Some guy. My spirit animal. By, so by it, the next uh, by the next podcast recording, I will have a uh, a mini Dotson by the name of Bo Bauer. Uh, <laughs> nice. Finally came the name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, yeah. We. Very uh, bullied. Yeah, I mean, we were all with Frank, but uh, just I, I kind of decided to cave a little bit. The kids were leaning more. Uh, my daughter wanted to lean more towards Bo, and my wife definitely did. Uh, and I was just, I was being magnanimous. I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to fight you guys on this. Uh, and I can definitely have fun with Bo Bowauer. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So apparently, uh, yeah, Cal. It, it, the, the logos have been removed just like UCLA from the Under Armour website. So now they're down to uh, looks like 14 teams, including their name. Uh, Wisconsin, Boston, we haven't mentioned. South Carolina. Yeah, Boston College. South Carolina, yes, yeah, on there. Utah, Hawaii, Colorado. So uh, we said oh, Navy. You, yeah. Hawaii, was, forget about Georgia Hawaii was the fun one. Texas Tech, Temple. So Northwestern. Oh, yeah. 
Hell yeah, bring the noise. Hey, Forgot maybe, we can, was the, a, maybe we can get the Under Armour to invest in the Shillelagh Trophy. <laughs> I don't know I like if they have that. enough That's petty that. cash. <laughs> maybe maybe this is maybe it's the wrong time to hit him up. So we'll move on. Maybe yeah, maybe we went about it a wrong way. Maybe uh, if we would have hit them up back then, it just would have been an awesome publicity stuff for them. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe in 2015 when they were flushed with cash, we should have hit them up. But oh well. I, do I don't this. know. I, in 2015, they started nose diving. Was it was it 13? Was the first year Notre Dame was with uh, Under Armour? Well, the 14, 14 football season, but I, it might have been. Yeah, I, I'd have to look. I'd have to look. The to spring, see it was, Scott. Must have been the spring, right? Of 14? No, no, you're right. Because thir- 13 was the last year with Adidas, but there was no set thing in stone about what they were doing until spring of 14. Because that's yeah. when they were like, you know, he, here's the basketball jersey. Here's a rough cut of the football jersey. Uh, that was all kind of introduced in the spring, late winter of, uh, of 14. Uh, and then, the football team was wearing, uh, Adidas during the pinstripe bowl, which was what two days, four days before the new year and 13. So, yeah. hell yeah. Really? I mean, we're pinstripe bowl champions in that, uh, Adidas gear. Cowboys was robbed Fantastic. of the MVP. Tommy Reese was robbed of the MVP. <laughs> Anyways, Brids has scored all the points. We're not all here right, to, uh, Gosh. No. All right, Josh. So any other we, topics? What we're here for tonight. I. I mean, I really don't have anything. I mean, I. We could we could spin some yarns about recruiting, but my only answer to everything is going to be I'm going to shout out COVID nineteen, and no one has any other. I mean, there's no blueprints. Uh, so <laughs> there's no manuals where everyone's operating on uh, what the fuck. Uh, so I'm just going to shout out. Keep shouting out COVID nineteen. Can I, uh, can I make a little snarky when it comes comment? To, um, Blake, Blake Fisher was at a camp on Saturday, and it was called an exposure he camp. So 150 it was yeah. called an no, exposure no camp. No mask. They were playing uh, contract drills, no masks. I loved it. Uh, well, I mean, the, the Elite, Ev- the Elite think, 11 kicks off next week, right? Uh, yeah, and I think it's, I, yeah. it's either on their way or start, yeah, next week. So... so uh, <laughs> I'm I'm very I actually am pretty excited for the Elite Eleven and I and I, I don't know we didn't uh, if we if we are I'm going to mention anything on um, recruiting I think Tyler Buckner's showing in the Elite Eleven um, for all the consternation from some people about offensive recruiting if Tyler Buckner shows up at the Elite Eleven camp and absolutely balls out some heads are going to turn he's already a five star but it's a composite five star. Um, he could be throwing touchdowns to Chase Anastasio. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it won't matter. It won't matter. I mean, it's. I, I want to bring up. I, I want to go back real quick to the Blake Fisher thing. Something that I found pretty hysterical was that. <clears throat> is his name Josh Hemholt from. Uh, I'm not sure if he rivals or 24 seven. Either way, he posted the video of, of um, Fisher manhandling that 160 pound kid. Uh, and actually it was a massive hold uh, and throw, <laughs> but they were like praising him and everyone's like, man, that's a, that's a blatant hold. And this kid's like a third of his size. And so he got 
pretty heated after a few responses and just started calling everybody out on Twitter as, Oh, I forgot about the Twitter coaches, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, <laughs> man, you gotta, you gotta know that's going to happen. I mean, you've seen the clip. How do you, <laughs> and you're out here trying to sell what? I mean, I, I don't know. I, you're, the recruiting industry as a whole right now, I am, I have a very skeptical eye on because, you know, and we had Mike Singer on last week and he, you know, he talked about the camps a little bit and all that, but it, I, I don't want to say joke. Cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to put these guys down. I just not sure how they think, how dumb they think everybody else is. Like if you're, you're out there doing all these things or trying to do these things and your whole reasoning behind everything has been all this other stuff that you can't do now. Uh, I, I, I just don't get it. None, none of it's uh, clicking with me. Uh, so, I mean, it is what it is. But I, I found it funny that that he took such offense uh, to people calling an obvious hold a hold uh, against a kid who was a third of his size. Uh, were they also I were was, they also teasing him about wearing his uh, his COVID mask upside down when he met uh, Jalen Smith or? Was that or what about Jalen Smith having it not over his nose? Yeah, I mean, I made a snarky <laughs> comment about Jalen Smith, who, if you if you look on Blake Fisher's um, uh, Twitter and probably on his Instagram too, he's a bfisher54 underscore on Twitter. Uh, he has a picture of him posing with Jalen Smith, who, as you're probably aware, besides you know uh, being a Dallas Cowboys linebacker and a former Irish standout uh, and a former minority. Native business or owner, he, uh, he owns this company called clear eye view, which is an eyeglass company. So it's in Jalen's best interest to, uh, to show off the eyewear. Right. And, uh, as, as people have joked about, uh, wearing masks and people wear glasses, uh, if you wear eyeglasses while wearing a mask, you may be entitled to condensation. It's tough to get so, a clear <laughs> view. So you can't have a clear eye view if you're, if you're getting the glasses all fogged up. So, Jalen was wearing a little uh, a little uh, Adidas mask and did a great job of covering his mouth and not an absolutely terrible job of not covering his nose. And I, and I just want to say, just in case anyone is listening to this and is unclear, uh, COVID Cover goes your through your COVID goes through your orifices, <laughs> and that, that very much includes your nose. So please cover your nose. Just as important, just as importantly, it comes out of your orifice, <laughs> including your nose. Uh, yes, exactly right. So you're not protecting yourself, and you're not protecting others when you don't cover your nose. So uh, I love Jalen Smith, and I would never, obviously, uh, call him out about this, but uh, it looked a little weird. It looked a little weird. But so. you did. You did call him out. Well, just on the podcast. Not listen to the podcast, <laughs> Jalen. If you listen to the podcast, I, I apologize and, and welcome to the podcast. So. I mean, listen, I'm the one who gets the emails. So trust, me, <laughs> trust me when I say I, you may, I, I think you got an email block on me, Jude, but, uh, but I, I will still be sending forwarding the, uh, the emails to you, uh, condemning us for our Jalen Smith coverage. Well, I, I say if Jalen Smith reaches out, we should invite Jalen to come on the show and tell his side of the story. Cause, uh, I would love to have Jalen on the show. We'd be happy to have I'm friends with his business partner. So if I get okay. a, if I get a note from him, I will be uh, uh, laughing very nervously. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> anyways, look, we're we're here tonight because look, SB Nation. Well, we're here because we're fucking here. Uh, but uh, <laughs> SB Nation is kicking off 
Uh, it's rivalry week for two weeks. It is a, a two week event uh, that was supposed to have happened um, <laughs> sometime beginning of this month. Uh, but uh, the country kind of uh, caught on fire. Uh, and so, you know, well, SB Nation had a couple so, we, people uh, move positions too. I think if we're being yeah, fair, there, right? There, there's, there, yeah, the country caught on fire a little bit. SB Nation kind of just let all of its uh, uh, good talent go. Um, so, you know, things, Not all of its good talent, but things, a, a fair. A I mean, fair, we're still fair, here. Uh, right? I mean, they let all their good talent go. So. Oh, wow. Brian Nanny doesn't mean anything like, to you? Oh, wow. That's. The disrespect. No, no. One, one, I, man, ba- one man banner I, society. I, I will tell you what, if Ryan and Holly listen to this podcast, which I know for a fact, they don't, uh, <laughs> they would probably fucking agree with me. So <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will think twice about saying it. Cause they'd be like, fuck yeah, bulls go ahead. Hit them. So anyways, uh, but, uh, we are, on, we, this is rivalry week and, uh, I decided to kick it off with a, um, you know, it's something we talk about quite a bit, uh, uh, it, it has been a kind of a uh, organic thing over the last few years uh, because there is such a long list of schools that are slated as a rival of Notre Dame. I think, you know, I, we have talked about, there needs to be classifications about their rivalry status. And so, and so we, you know, I, I think Martin was the first one to really come up with it. Um, Martin Swagger back uh, when he was uh, kicking it with Wes, his brother, Little R, big R. Uh, and, and it makes sense. Uh, the, the categorization absolutely makes sense because um, because Notre Dame is who they are, uh, a lot of schools will cling to that uh, that status of like a rival to them, whether whether, you know, it's really deemed as one or not. So, you know, in a lot of ways, it can play off as a rivalry. So, you know, you have your little R's and then you have uh, big R. So. I put the I put a piece together uh, a little bit uh, Saturday night and then finished it off uh, Sunday afternoon. Um, instantly uh, set fire to a lot of people <laughs> for uh, for what they considered a uh, a blatant uh, omission, um, and it is what it is. Uh, and, you know, so there there's some there's some things on there that uh, people definitely don't agree with, uh, and there's some things on there that uh, I mean I really don't care. Uh, <laughs> this is kind of I won't say, I mean, I put the definitive list and this is what, but this is what I think. So, I mean, if you have a different concept of what it is, that's absolutely fine. I I will, you know, I will argue with you a little bit about it. Um, and, but, uh, I mean, I don't think it's too far off. Um, it's a very long list. Like it's stupidly long, like rivalry should not be the uh, rivalry list should not be this long, but for all the ones listed and maybe for some that aren't, no, you there are some valid points. <laughs> there are some valid points to be made. Uh, so uh, I, I don't know, guys. How, how, how do you want to go about this, Jude? How, where do you, where do you want to start uh, with our list? Well, here? I guess I just want to I want to do a, a thirty thousand foot view first, which is I, I love the idea of little R big R, and and if it was Martin who coined it, then God bless him because um, you know SB Nation. Uh, used to be called fan pulse now called SB nation reacts. They did a poll this week. Um, and it was, you know, like a three question survey. And one of the questions was how many rivals, uh, do you think a college can have? Um, and that's a really loaded question, right? Which is like, you know, is it, is the answer one or is the answer anything other than one? 
I, you know, they had two, three, four plus or whatever and stuff like that. Um, and I think I, I don't look at other schools. I just look at, at Notre Dame. And for me, Notre Dame only has one rival, one big R rival. Now, obviously, uh, Josh, with your story today, you, you disagree and that's, and that's fine. And, and we can start talking about the, the merits of it. But for me, there's only, there's only one team. Now, having said that there's gotta be a special place for some of these other people who we hate. Um, and you know, and, and you, you talk to any Notre Dame fan and you say, who do you, who do you love to hate or who do you love to play or love hate to play? Or, you know, uh, who do you, what matchup do you look forward to every year? Um, and they'll, they'll mention some of the teams that I would consider little R rivals. Um, you know, not to, right. there's, they still have a standing, um, but it's not like, oh, uh, you know, Michigan over all others. I, I don't believe that. I believe Michigan. So let me little, ask you this. Little R. Let me ask you this. Jude. Yeah. Do you, do you believe that, um, that it is, uh, make sure I don't really put this. Do you, th- do you think the, the rivalry status of a team? Is- the rivalry status of a team you dropped out there. What was the last part? We lost them into oblivion. We lost him to oblivious. Uh, okay. So I think this is my definition of rival. Um, you know, obviously lots of matchups. Um, I, I don't have a set number. Um, the importance of those matchups over the years, you know, one, number one versus number two, uh, you know, this team beat this team and denied him a chance for a national title. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know, two programs with great brands, uh, you know, two, two, two teams that are always teams seem to be always sport good teams. Um, you know, maybe once in a down year, but there's always one good team on the field. Uh, so for me, that's, that's USC. I mean, they call it the greatest intersexual rivalry. And I, I really don't know who else would be in that, that, that comparison, but, um, for me, it's um, USC and, and really nobody else. comes. So can that rivalry status change, Jude, or is it, I mean, I, I guess I'm under the, I have, uh, my opinion is that statuses can change throughout, uh, the years, uh, or, or is it constant? Like if USC is just trash for like the next decade, you know, five, six wins, you know, a season, does that change a little bit for you? Does, does like the number two creep on up, uh, into more of a big R status? Uh, first of all, I, I agree. I think they absolutely can change. I think it would take a lot to dethrone USC from the big R, uh, my solo big R status, um, just based on the his, the history that's kind of come before it that I that I think I outlined, you know, just based on the big games that have come before it. But if for some reason USC and, and Notre Dame were unable to play, or f- for some reason uh, USC, you know, turned down hard times and turn in a bunch of stinker teams for, for a while. Yeah. I could see somebody, you know, it'd be, it'd have to be somebody in Notre Dame was willing to play every single year though. Um, right. and, and maybe that's, maybe that's an opportunity for Stanford. I don't see it ever being Navy as our big R. I don't, uh, you know, I personally, I don't personally agree with, um, with Stanford at, at this point. Um, but yeah, I think it's, we'll I, I don't think, it, I don't think these things are set in stone. And I think, if you had asked this question in 1920, you get a much different answer than you get in right. 2020, right? Well, I mean, so. you get a different answers in 1990 too. Yeah, you of know course, what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that, and I ask you that because, you know, I am a big believer and you, people will come to find out over these next few weeks. I am very angry about, uh, the USC rivalry, uh, in the sense that I am pissed off at all of our fans 
for not taking it more seriously, for not hyping. You know, I, I, I don't know. This, the excitement for USC, I find lacking uh, from our fans as opposed to like uh, Michigan or something like that. I just I find it to be dull. Uh, and I don't know if I need to remind everybody, but the Pete Carroll era fucking existed. It was a trash fucking set of years where it was awful to live through. Uh, How many so, wins against you know, Pete Carroll did Notre Dame? Uh, one. Bob Davey got one. Uh, so, <laughs> How many wins in the first decade of this millennia had did Notre Dame garner against USC? Defy a millennium for Jude. Uh, 2001, according to Jude math. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's just the one this, right? Ri- I mean, I'm, I'm about what let's burn this shit to the ground. USC is a <laughs> shitty rival. It is a shitty rival and it has always been historically a shitty rivalry. It is an intersexual oh, game. That's, that's had some, definitely not no, true, but no, keep that going. Is absolutely oh, true. No, and let me that's drop definitely it not true. Hold up. Hold up. Let me, there have been some one verse twos. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's been some years that, that USC been, beating us at the end of the year screwed us out of a national championship. Yeah, it's, there are national championships. There's Heisman's at stake. There's Heisman. Yeah, I, I think, can't get from in line with this. From yeah, 19, I, I, no, it lost up. me here, buddy. Hold up. From 1983 to 1995, how many times did USC win? It's zero. Zero. Uh, from from no. 1996 to 2009, how many times did Notre Dame win? It was four times. It was a four-year run between 99, 2000, and 2001. That's I it. mean, I don't think this you find decade, decade, it's, a, it's a very streaky. It's a very streaky that's rivalry. Not a rivalry. And it's very this tricky. Look is at seven and and three. Notre Dame rivalry. is just as guilty as USC oh, they, for not holding holding up their end of the bargain to make this a national rivalry or to make this a, a big name rivalry. However, just as you stated, throughout history. This game, I mean, because it is the, they, I mean, and I, it's the greatest intersectional rivalry. Yet, name me another intersectional rivalry uh, <laughs> around, really. Uh, so obviously, it's the greatest. But just the fact that the school in South Bend and the school in LA, how many national championships have been decided between these two schools? Uh, you know, on the field. You know, even if it's just a Hosa team, uh, how many national championships won between the two teams? How many Heisman's won during this game? How many Heisman's won between the two schools? This is a big fucking deal. The problem, the problem has been, and ha- for the last 25, 30 years, is that the schools aren't keeping in line with each other. No, I mean they're just they're just they're just not matching up at the right times. There's no big big ass game, and when it is the last game of the season, you know, for Notre Dame when they go out to LA, it's the last game of the season for them. When SC comes to Notre Dame, it's the middle of the year. There's there's some dynamics involved there that, that that go against them, you know, in a way, especially when it's you know what's in South Bend. Uh, it, it has a weird twist because it's not rivalry week, right? Um, so I, I agree with you that it's not holding a, it's not holding its end of the bargain up, but at the same time, like I said, I'm, this is it. This is the big R. I ha- I have slotted other teams as being able to become a big R for short periods of time. But, but this is the one. So th- there's there's no getting around this one. Uh, that you you, you got to get up for this. I, I think you need to change your approach to service. what you you need to change your approach to what an R is. Because I don't think that you can just look at a team and say, okay, that's big R. 
because in my lifetime, so let's let's go to my my personal well, team. I mean, another Detroit. issue SC has, right? Listen, another issue SC has is Fairweather fans. Right. So their fans don't hold up their end of the argument. They, and they aren't Michigan fans. They aren't Penn State fans. They aren't Ohio State fans. They just don't have the Warriors that these guys have, you know, they're, online every they're day. Not killing, regardless they're not, of, regardless they're of not what's going on. A right. barrel they're, plant they're, killer in front of a tree on Notre Dame's campus. And I, I am and I am very guilty of troll, trying to troll the fuck out of SC fans. I, I try. And it just it, every once in a while you'll get a, like a SC reporter going, blah, blah. Jude, you remember back when we were talking about uh, what was that? Uh, it was all oh, draft picks even. Uh, and that yeah. became stupidly that became stupidly cordial. And I, <laughs> which, which which kind of bored me to death. But he was a back it up. But it was just there was no other there was no other uh, give and take from from fans about about the whole thing. It's just it's kind of a dead thing. Now when they're winning. You know, they are very fair weather when they are winning. Then it's, you know, you know, two fingers up, you know, the whole time, blah, blah, blah. But well, it is only a, been, yeah. they've only been winning in the last 40 years for a stretch of Pete Carroll. Oh, that's not true. Wait, OK, OK. So from some so from 1967 to 1983, Notre Dame won two games against them. So era basically was. So wait oh. a second. Let's let's back it up. 1965 to 1980. There's yeah. every year every year of those except for two. Both teams are ranked coming into the game. Sure. I mean that's that's a big and deal. Which team, but which team is winning those games? It doesn't matter if Michigan comes into the game against Ohio State every year, um, and then just gets beaten every year like they do. There needs to be give and take in a rivalry for it to really be. Uh, a, I mean I, I agree with you on the give and take, but still a rivalry like, like Michigan's. Uh, uh, Michigan State and Ohio State, it still exists as a rivalry. It is still, look, the reason why Pete Carroll was so successful at USC, and it wasn't, it didn't matter that Notre Dame stunk. Carroll made it a point at SC to be ND. Like that was a, that was on the fucking top of the list. Like nobody took joy more in playing Notre Dame and, and beating them than Pete Carroll. No, the like, least amount of points there, there he needs, ever scored against Notre Dame be, was in 2005. There needs to be a emphasis on both sides for the rivalry. Michigan Ohio State, regardless of the outcome, right? Of Ohio State just dominating the shit out of them. You know, and back in the 90s, it was Michigan dominating the shit out of Ohio State, which, which is a lot like Notre Dame SC in a way. The way they'll go decades at a time on these streaks. But there needs to be a, an emphasis on this game. Notre Dame and SC seemed once. Once one team starts to to dip down, like it starts to lose, that team, that program starts to dip away from the emphasis as far as you know what's coming out about it, which makes no sense to me. I mean, I think that's time to fucking amp it up. Uh, you know, <laughs> backs against the wall. I mean, I remember 2007. I mean, I went when it was in South Bend, chest just bumping, uh, you know, ready for it. Um, you know, we all know what happened then, but saying you know, I was still. It was still the rivalry game. It was still it. And there's just a lack of, there's a lack of fan, I don't know, participation. If that's the right word. I don't uh, think that rivalries still, but are. But it's still very much it. I mean, Brennan, when rivalries aren't been, based off of programs, I think rivalries are more based off of the moment and especially coaches. I think that it's coaches more so than it is the teams that really are the well, basis of a rivalry. I definitely think that's a, that is a part of it. Uh, but I mean, as, as I stated in the, in the opening of, of that article, you know, I, I, 
you know, I gave some, uh, you know, I said history, importance, continuity, hate, and the future. Uh, I could have added about 20 more things to that. Uh, rivalry just has a ton of different ingredients in that pot. It is a, uh, it is a stinking uh, pot of jumbo uh, or gumbo. So I, 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 I just can't I, agree with you that it's that. I mean, there. Brendan, I, I get your point about streakiness, but at the same time, Notre Dame has played USC when they've both been ranked 33 times, Notre Dame 17, 14 and two in those games. So it's there. I mean, there's, yeah, they there, played every even, year since 1926 and USC is a major program. Of course, both teams are probably going to be ranked. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the game. There have been some absolutely. Historic I mean, that games. 2017 game was pretty hype, but I, I thought so. Yeah, but Notre Dame blew the doors off them, 49 to 14, and that yeah, USC team fell into they, the toilet. No, they finished 12th, and they were they beat they run they won the Cotton Bowl. I mean, I don't think that's a toilet season. I think any Notre Dame fan would take a 12 rank 12th in a Cotton Bowl win. Yeah, I mean, because USC also, got Notre Dame fan lived through the Carroll era. Because <laughs> USC did get an invite to the Cotton Bowl that year, the, the Notre Dame should have gotten a subsequent invite to a bowl. But USC that same season, I mean, I don't know. What did they do in the Cotton Bowl? They beat Ohio State. No, they lost. Did they lose? Yeah. I don't think they got a. I don't think they scored until the fourth quarter too. It wasn't very pretty. But they didn't lose. I apologize. Wow. Okay, so, so we're getting a little I, bit off the rails here. So well, let's back I, it up a little bit. Josh, I, I just want to. I just, I just want to say I, I didn't think any take could be worse than Navy's not a rival in any sense of the word. But Brendan just came in with not. USC's not not a big our rival, and I just I think I don't think that's that a shitty Notre take. Dame. I think I the reason why is because they are like star cross. It's like Pam and Jim season one and season two of The Office, where if one team's good, the other team. It's like. Jim's ready, but Pam's okay. engaged. So and then who's our big R rival? Pam's ready, Brennan. but then Jim. I don't think that that's the problem. Is that I don't think that <laughs> gotta have somebody. No, you don't have but to. Have I mean, oh, they're without you. peer. I mean, oh, okay. no, no, no. It's not without peer. No, it's, no, no. Not the air. Not the arrogant without peer. It's just the, the the there just isn't one naturally right now. Is what Brendan said. I don't agree with this. Notre Dame, what Notre Dame needs is they need to. And Notre Dame has had peers at particular junction, and and I I don't know, and and certainly with college because of the repetition of playing every year, and with especially proximity for a lot of the rivalries it creates, you know, sort of the guy in my office and me, we get into it and butt heads. But I think the problem with Notre Dame is, is the one potential that they have. And when they sign that ACC deal is there needed to be a rival that was instilled with this ACC deal, because for whatever reason, Notre Dame and USC can't get on the same page. But if Notre Dame was to Notre able, Dame, if ACC, Notre Dame, how are you, are you going to work that one out? Well, if Notre Dame's able to beat Clemson this season, and that's a ginormous if, then we're talking. Hey, hold, hold that, hold that thought. I know, I know what you're getting. At. Hold that thought. We are actually going to get to that uh, at, at a different point because I have, I have questions about the future. I know what you're about to lead into. I, I but can. We're going to discuss that. Yeah, but hold that I, thought. Hold that thought. I, I would. So say, I, then I will back. I'll back off that. But I will say it that was one of the things I was going to discuss in the article and kept out. But we will talk about that. But right now we are going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we are going to rewind this thing back to the beginning. Uh, we're going to dust off some history here. Um, Jude's going to get uh, his say. Uh, stay with us. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back. And in the spirit of rivalry uh, week and uh, all this, shit's getting pretty heated early. I did not I expect. Wanna, uh, I want to hear. I want to hear think, Brendan finish his second thought. Can I hear Brendan finish his second thought? Yeah. So. I, and like I said, I believe that it's based on coaching and I believe that it's based on eras um, because there is no bigger rivalry of the 1980s, early 90s than um, pig face Satan. And well, for the early <laughs> 90s, right. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is up there is one of the, the big rivalries, but you wouldn't call Notre Dame and Miami a rivalry now, right? I put, listen, I did slot him in as a little R and that is the re- that is the exact reason why that rivalry at the end of the eighties and early nineties had, you know, came to a, such a, a peak that it was so hot and so insane that it was able to simmer for how many years until, you know, we played them in Chicago and or played them in the bowl game in 10 Chicago and 12, where it's still there. Cause it, it, a big part of the mix that I put into is how do fans feel? And even during that course where we didn't play Miami, fucking Notre Dame fans hate Miami. I mean, couldn't I mean with a fucking passion when they're cheering for Ohio State in a championship game? That's how you know. So I still include them as a little R because of just how brilliant that rivalry, you know, put it's you just know, the brilliance in that of moment that rivalry put out during that during that time. They, they became, in my eyes, and I think a lot of people, they became a big R during those late 80s and early 90s, for sure. I don't ask, think that there was ask, a bigger R in that ask, era. Ask, ask the players uh, that, you know, that it was able to simmer. Just in the way that I think Michigan, who I have as a little R right now, it was definitely a – Michigan was definitely a big R. And whether anybody wants to admit it or not, ask the players ask the coaches it was a big fucking deal and for a lot of fans it was a bigger game than sc i don't agree but it was a big ass game and so notre dame had the unusual set of circumstances in the late 80s and early 90s to have these insanely awesome loaded teams of talent and they had three big r's on their schedule who were all pretty good Miami, Michigan, USC. It was an insane time. And it is one of the big reasons why Notre Dame fans that were going to school at Notre Dame at that time, or that was you coming to Notre Dame. That's why they're so fucking insufferable now about the Holtz era is because it was that, it, it was that wild. We were winning all these fucking games with these three big R's on our schedule. It, it, it's just, it's, it's just something that happened. It is, Purely just, I I don't think it could, I'm not sure what would have happened anywhere else other than Notre Dame. And I mean, that's not an arrogant thing to say. It's just, these things just kind of came together. No one expected Miami, you know, when you're scheduling them back there and they're, you know, before they took off with Schnellenberger and then Jimmy Johnson to do, to turn into your big rival. And then it did. 
a, a ass stomping uh, down in Miami lit you know lit the match and that it became a short term big R. Michigan, I mean, look, 19, they started after all these years of hate and all the bullshit. You start playing in 1978, and you play, and we're going to get to what the hell happened in 95, 96, by the way. And then it, you from 1978 all the way up to 2014, you play them every year except for 95 and 96. And during that course of time, it is 15, 15 and one, dead fucking nuts. And right now it is 16, 16 and one. Uh, so it, it became the big R. It was the it was the rivalry that should have been. They should have been playing decades and decades and decades ago if they didn't have a horrible racist bigot uh, up in Ann Arbor. Well, we wouldn't so, have the USC schedule if Notre Dame and US in uh, Michigan were rivals. And an excellent point. You know, it, you know, would, uh, would Notre Dame have been better off? Could have been, yes. So, so one of the things I just want to interject here, you, you mentioned the, the three big R's on the, on the schedule. One of the, one of the things when I was researching for preparation to talk about the snowball that was aired by, um, by Notre Dame uh, probably a couple months ago now was those players really, really wanted to beat Penn state. Um, there was a, a game in, I think it was 1990 that kind of got away from them. If I recall, I'll call correctly, uh, Holtz, uh, maybe it was, yeah, I think it was 1990 Holtz went for two. Um, it, it failed and they ended up losing the game by three. So maybe I've, I've got my, my years wrong on that mixed up, but, um, uh, basically Penn state was a big, uh, game that they had circled on their, on their schedule as well. And, and I'm not taking anything away from USC, Michigan, and those games that you mentioned. Um, but I think Penn state was, was also something that at a time, and you mentioned it as a, I think on, on your, on your article today, maybe as a historical rival, uh, which is at one time that was, there was some pretty bad blood there, uh, in terms of people really wanting to beat Penn yes. state too. And it was, it was an intense, it was a 12 year run every it was an annual game. Uh, and, and if you think back to back then too, uh, and I included that in my notes here was, you know, the recruiting battles going on between Penn state and Notre Dame at the time, because Pennsylvania yeah. was way more uh, loaded with talent than it is now. Uh, the recruiting battles between the two schools and Pitt, who was good at the time too, as well, uh, it was it was crazy. It was fucking intense. Uh, and so you're absolutely right, Jude. And, you know, that series is tied at, you know, nine, nine and one. Uh, so that you're right. That could definitely be considered um, during that time a big R. I, look, I put a lot of a lot of weight into how players and coaches feel about a team, whether you whether you as a fan like that or not. Uh, to me, I, the biggest factor is how do they feel? Is it a rival to them? Because if it gives, if you're saying it's a rivalry and they don't give a fuck, it's not a rivalry. It's just some, it's just something on the schedule. Uh, ben State, Jude, you're exactly right. Was a big one. It was fucking huge. It was Joe Pa and his bullshit statements about Notre Dame. Uh, you know, and, and then after that, the bad blood that existed because of. You know, Joe Pa calling him out about not joining the Big Ten and and being greedy and self, blah, blah, you know, all the bullshit, you know, with, that it came with that. And then it was just big games, you know, exciting games, tough losses, uh, big wins. Um, you know, they didn't play again until 2006, 2007, where they split. You would like to see another round of that. And maybe they will. I mean, the way that Notre Dame is scheduling, you would probably see a, a home and home with Penn State. Uh, I mean, we're talking way down the road. 2035. 
Sure. No, you're putting Ohio State into the mix on it, you know, like on that two year thing. I can imagine them doing the same thing with Penn State. You know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I included them as a historical rival. I did not I did not mention in there that I uh, but I did feel that, the, you know, that you're right. That, that I, You could look at that as a big R during that period. The, the other thing that comes into play, I think, is and especially if you ask the players is. Uh, where their buddies from high school went went to school, especially if they came from, say, uh, you know, Florida and everybody that everybody they knew went to Miami, you know. And so then right. that that Miami game takes on even more. It's not just about two great teams. It's about, um, you know, the guys you played against in high school and the guys you played with in high school and bragging rights and all that and all that stuff. And and, and you guys go home, cir- man, you gotta yeah, go home. guys, guys would circle games on their calendars for that reason, too. And I, I think that's why. Michigan has a, it's got that geographical importance, right? Which is that guys from Ohio or Indiana uh, probably grow up dreaming of, uh, you know, playing against Michigan or, and beating Michigan in some sense, some instances, right. Or playing for Michigan and beating Notre Dame. Uh, so I, I think that kind of adds the intensity and a lot of Notre Dame fans live in Michigan. Um, and so, and like right. Brendan, and, they got to, they got to hear it, you know? So sure, you got to hear it. Even in Purdue, even Purdue makes it on the little R list even though they're, I, it, you know, there's, they got a lot. We got six times in eight years coming up, starting in 2021, and people will scoff at the point of Purdue. Yeah, I will always revert back to something that uh, Ryan Ritter, Eddie Tech, said when he was a manager. You know, you're sitting there in that press conference, and you got, I, I believe it was Anthony Fasano, like kicking in the fucking door, like screaming about where the fuck is that stick? You know, after <laughs> losing to uh, Purdue two years in a row, getting that shillelagh back. That was a big deal to them. So, I mean, we scoff at it. And it's, back then it well, was, and it was on her it was, sons. It was, it was the zzz game, right? It was the who yeah. cares boring Purdue, but to them it mattered. And so you have to, you have to look at it through that lens. Like, does this game matter to them? Well, I and mean, what other school is, is propping up a halfback to win a Heisman, right? Jude? Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. I mean, Mark, you get a fullback. Mike, yeah, Mike, uh, yeah. Mike also, it was a, a stud, but, um, yeah, that he couldn't really win the Heisman despite what the Purdue, uh, media he, machine was, was pumping out in 1995 or six. Um, you know, if him, you're man. old enough to Purdue in 68, they played at Notre Dame and they were number one and they beat Notre Dame in Notre Dame stadium when Notre Dame was number two. So that's a big, that's a big deal. Um, you know, for people who remember, uh, that far back. So, yeah, and uh, look, I and I actually and, slotted and, and, Purdue in as a historical uh, until I remembered about the new about the series kind of getting back into motion a little bit, you know, coming up. Sure. So based off of that, I slotted back in a little R, and I was still kind of torn about it. But you know, looking back, it you know just what from you said and and you know what I said, I they're a little R. You know, it's okay. It's a, it's your in-state Power Five school that you played, uh, you know, eighty-six times. I mean, it's, it's going to fit somewhere into there. And, you know, because of, you know, they've had some, some big games, some, uh, some heartbreakers here and there, uh, you could slot that in there. I mean, people may disagree and that's fine. I mean, I, there's, there are definitely some, some things on this list that people will disagree on. Uh, we might get to the big one or the big two, uh, disagreements here shortly, but I mean, you take it for what it is with Purdue. It's either you Call them a little R. It's at least historical in the in the sense that um, there is quite a bit of history between the two. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think it also needs to be said. It also needs to be said. 
you know, your perception of who our rival is, is probably based on when you started watching Notre Dame football. You know, I started watching Notre Dame football in 1987 or 88. So Miami is a big deal for me. Um, you know, I remember the 88, 89 and 90 games vividly. Um, having said that, if I started watching football in say 1993, I would think a lot more of that Florida state game, uh, you know, those Florida state games. So, uh, um, you know, look, I, I get that some people might say, Oh, 1968, you know, you lost me or whatever. And I, and I get that, you know, and, and, and I think we're going to get into an army Navy discussion here in a second. And a lot of those games are predicated. <laughs> a lot of those games are predicated on, well, in the 1935, there was a thing called the game of the century in a 19, you know, 20, whatever. And, and look, we're, we're going to lose people on that. Right. Because all they know is the Navy or army is that team that we play either every year in the case of Navy or army every once in a while that we absolutely just annihilate. And it's like when you go through this before the season and you're writing, you're kind of mentally preparing the wins and losses in your head. I already got the already, W down. You, yep. Yeah, you already got the W down, you know, so and that's what it was for a long time. You had some scares and we can certainly talk about those. Uh, we have a past podcast, but for the most part, uh, you know, Navy was that automatic, automatic W. Army was definitely that automatic W, you know, and Army, okay, so he, armies remained it that way. So here's the, here's who I had listed as historical rivals. Uh, if you if you haven't read the article yet on the site, uh, Northwestern, would you consider? Let's go down this list. They play for a trophy. Do you guys agree with <laughs> with Northwestern <laughs> as a historical rival? Yeah, of course. There's a trophy. Right, and a pretty cool trophy, as a matter of fact. Uh, but you know, look, they played almost 50 times. Uh, it was a. It, it is the reason why Notre Dame hired Eric Parsegian. I think that's kind of a big yeah, deal. Yeah. Um, Cause they literally couldn't beat Northwestern when he coached there. Right. So, I mean, and look, rivalries have that, that kind of, that, that kind of stuff happen. Uh, right. so, <laughs> they couldn't beat him, So they wouldn't hired him. I know. Uh, and S- similar the first academic, Protestant head coach, similar academic yes, was, missions, you know, similar makeups of the, the kids in the schools and stuff. A lot of, picking a lot of kids from Chicago and stuff. Ge- yeah, I, Geograph- geographically yeah. very, very close. Yeah, I mean, of course. Probably, it's the closest, right? Like that's the closest power five school to Notre Dame is Northwestern. Correct. Is that right? Well, okay. I, they gotta be, I think they're closer than West Lafayette. They gotta be. Okay. So train right away. You, you can, yeah, so, you, I, I've heard rumor that you can attend a Notre Dame game at two 30, hop on a train and still make your steak dinner. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know about that. What time does the game start? And how many NBC breaks were there? I mean, maybe in 1985. Well, this, oh, this is this is this is 1987 CBS. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, in that case, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. So that is definitely a, histor- a historical rivalry. Yeah, um, okay. But but it will never it'll never turn back into uh, a little R uh, just because of scheduling. It'll it'll never be that again. And there wasn't enough. I mean, Northwestern only won nine times, uh, so th- there just isn't enough there to ever push it back into a little R thing. But it, it is a historical rivalry. It, it did um, it, it did create a, a, a buzz and definitely end up making history for Notre Dame uh, in the in the sense of the Air Parsegian. Um, the next up, uh, we talked about this a little bit already. Was I have Florida State and look, I, nine games is a low number. It is a low fucking ball. Um, and it is the lowest on this entire thing. And I had a hard time put it on there, but I just kept thinking back to that void that was there after my, after the Miami series ended 
the void that was there. There was no more Penn State. There was no more Miami. Uh, they they absolutely needed something, and Florida State was a big kick. Uh, they were a nationally ranked program. They were on the absolute rise, considered a juggernaut, unbeatable. You know, in '93, uh, then you, you had that stretch from '93 to '96 where they played. You know, a couple bowl games, but or a bowl game, but you know, it, it was there. It was it was it was heated enough. You know, just just that '93 game alone has enough back storylines to create the mix for a, a rivalry. Um, and I think, so I think NBC was tremendously disappointed that Florida state was a no show in 2018. Cause I'm sure that they had planned a lot of parking oh, yeah. back to 1993. Cause we were on an I mean, anniversary nine, year. 2002 as well. I mean, we can't forget I mean, about I was 2002, right? I think we were all kind of hoping for a, a better Florida state team, uh, to show up that day. I mean, <laughs> for, I mean, I, I was, I mean, I did mind beating the shit out of them. Don't get me wrong. That, no. that was nice. Uh, flashing off those green jerseys where I could not read the numbers from the press box at all. Uh, but, but you know, it was there. There was enough hatred from Notre Dame towards Florida State where I think you you definitely slotted this as a, a bit of a historical rivalry. Again, you can have these little rivalries exist through sure. these little periods of time. And I certainly believe Florida State was that was that for Notre Dame then. Um, now how that, evo- now how that evolves with the ACC schedule and all that, um, maybe it, it works itself into a little bit of something, you know, if you don't play them, maybe you beat them in a bowl game. I, you know, who knows? Um, but, uh, and we'll talk about future stuff. Like, like I was telling Brendan here in a little bit, uh, then moving on, we talked about Penn state already. That's historical rivalry. Uh, and then the last one I have listed, uh, is the army black Knights. And the reason I have army on there, uh, <laughs> is, Notre Dame would not be, I mean, Notre Dame's travel to where they were in 1900 to where they are in 2020 is a very strange path. It is, it is filled with a lot of moments that if they didn't happen, maybe Notre Dame isn't what Notre Dame is. And Army provided some of the earliest uh, moments for Notre Dame to become Notre Dame, most notably in the 20s. And you know, that's why, you know, you throw them in the historical thing. You think back to, there's, well, there's uh, I don't four know. four big moments. There's a 24 where the uh, the four horsemen, there's 28, right? The win one for the Gipper. There's the game of the century, 0-0. And then, of course, who can forget um, 1995 when Ron <laughs> <laughs> tried try to get on the two-point conversion and Ivory Covington said, not today. And went straight to Kembe Mutombo on him and uh, blocked him <laughs> at the at the one. What's the fourth? I feel like this bar is getting lower and lower. Fourth. The That's fourth? the fourth. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was uh, it was twenty four. <laughs> win one for the Gipper in twenty eight. Zero zero tie. And then Ivory Covington on the one okay. yard line in ninety five. Oh. <laughs> but so and that that was my list. That's my historical rivalries. Jude, go ahead. Well. You said that, you know, when they when you were putting Florida State on, you justified Florida State by saying, you know, people can be rivals for a short period of time and, and that's okay, even if they weren't yes. rivals in other period of time. Um, you certainly could fit you certainly could fit Army into that, right? Because as for the reasons that Brennan just outlined, um, I think your omission of Navy is is where it gets troubling. And Who? um uh the Navy uh Middies. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, mid, oh, midshipmen. Midshipmen. Oh. Mids, I think is okay is that- to say. Is that that school that has our color scheme and wears Under Armour? 
Yeah, that one. Okay. So, um, you know, okay. So there's no, uh, when went for the Gipper, there's no four horsemen. I, I, I will grant you that, but it, it doesn't take away from the fact that, uh, you know, in the world war two era, the, uh, the Naval Academy was formidable foe. And there was, there was games that were one versus three, two versus three, uh, two versus six, um, that were kind of happening during that time. And, you know, you think about, well, Army really hasn't been anything. The last time Notre Dame played a ranked Army team, uh, again, they don't play every single year, so maybe this is a little bit of a you know, misnomer, but it was 1985. Um, the last time that Notre Dame played a ranked Navy team, does anybody remember that? 2019. 2019. And no one cared. And now Josh is going to jump in and say, no one cares. And, and I would say, in, as it related to the, to the AP poll, he's, he's absolutely right. We get no credit for beating Navy. However, how many, how many points did we move? Uh, I mean, we, what, we're ranked 15th or 16th, beating a ranked Navy team. Don't you dare take Josh's side on this. I know you're not with him on this. I mean, if you put Army in and you we put Florida State Navy in. Team by 32 points. If you put Army in and and you put Florida State in, you absolutely have to put Navy in. They are a historical rival. I don't think that they're a – they're not a rival because you respect them too much. The United States Navy is not knocking on my door. I didn't didn't break some uh, federal law here. Brendan, Uh, all (laughs) – all, all snarkiness aside, let's let's pick a side here. You're either with me or you're against me. And if you're against me, you're wrong. But that's fine. You're with me, right? I would just like to point out that um, the University of Illinois doesn't play Navy every year, do, do they? Not the, to my knowledge. Does Purdue play Navy every year? I, I don't believe so, no. Do the fighting Matt Campbells, um, Coach Osinko, do they play him every year? Uh, I still feel like you're dodging my question. So uh, maybe back to my original what, what question. About, what about LSU? Does LSU play Navy every year? Uh, I still don't have an answer to my question, Brennan. Does the University this? of Michigan play Navy every year? Uh, no, they do not. But they played Army recently, I believe. They did. They did. They, they beat him pretty good. Um, does Georgia Tech play him every year? Hey, uh, we could do this all night, but uh, I think you still have an answer to the uh, answer to my question. So is Navy a historical rival of Notre Dame's? Yes, they are, right? They're just a team that's on the schedule every year. Uh, Thank you. Okay. Just the team. I okay, look Brandon. outside okay, outside of Starbucks. <laughs> you think our, Brandon, outside Brandon, of Starbucks here? here. Brandon, do you think outside Army's a historical rival? No. And Navy breaking forty-three year streak. Oh, you're uh, just one of those. Hot dog is a sandwich and like, let's blow the whole thing up. Right. Taco, I, I taco is a sandwich. Fi- I, I set fire to USC. I can't, I can't take the same thing. <laughs> so you're just, you're going to be a hundred percent wrong tonight. You don't mind. You don't want to go 50%. You just I'm want to go a hundred percent wrong. Okay. Um, no, I guess Navy, to my Navy is who I, cares? the only thing. The only thing said about Navy is that Notre Dame has a Wookiee life debt and that's it. That I mean, was my just, point. No, one is, cares, no one cares about anything else about it. I certainly you, don't. My question, I guess my question to you, Jude, is how much, other than just the respect for playing the Naval Academy, is, is for, I, I think that Navy is, Notre Dame is absolutely a rival of Navy's. I don't know. It's certainly not at the level of Army. Army. Or, or maybe even Air Force. Air Force. Yep. But Navy players circle I that game I'd on their I'd schedule. I it's on a, on a similar level as Air Force for Navy. 
I would Sorry, for sure. I, no, I, no, you don't want a commander oh, okay. trophy for beating yeah, Navy no. or for beating Notre Dame. But right, what but, I would say, Jude, is I think that in order for it to be a rivalry game for Notre Dame, is it's got to be a game that the players specifically are circling, which is okay. where I could take so, some arguments for USC. So wait a second, like that, don't you think those players were circling that game in the 1940s, though? Yeah, absolutely. So they're um, historical rivals. Uh, to, to Jude's yeah. point, to Jude, listen, I will concede this. They were circling it because the Navy players were in their dorms, and they probably circled it for them. <laughs> I'll, I'll concede this. As a placing our, if I didn't place Army in the historical uh, thing, I don't think many people would be bitching too bad about Navy, right? Like uh, the reason, I think, like I think, I think it would have been an oversight. I think a big reason Army. why people bitch about Navy is that I have Army in there. Well, where's Navy? I didn't, I didn't have find it. I didn't find Navy and I chuckled. Yeah. I found Navy <laughs> the first time in the first comment that came on. Because the, the, I, did I did that same thing. I did a control app and I was like, Navy? Oh, first comment. <laughs> you didn't even mention it in the article. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I Look, I just, I don't care. I don't care about Navy at all. I think it is a waste of a game. Uh, and to, to classify them as a historical rival, uh, if you want to go ahead and do that, that's fine. I just don't care. There isn't enough there. Uh, it, the things that Brendan brought up, those are like, those are in lore. That is like the legend of Notre Dame. Ex- there is stuff in there from the army series Navy. I mean, it was fucking, you know, sending kids to school there along with a hundred other fucking schools, uh, Staubach a year. And then, uh, 2007, uh, Travis Thomas getting stuffed on a two book conversion. And then Rocky Dobbs. Uh, other than that, it, you know, other than that, it's just been a, a series of bad decisions. <laughs> I have a question for and, uh, how, much, how much would Clark Lee appreciate not having to install Navy packages every season? Or every Notre Dame defensive coordinator uh, of the last 20 years enjoy not having to spend a singular moment of any practice what about spring, 2015? fall, summer? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess playing a, little, playing a little devil's advocate, I mean, doesn't. Yeah. Got to play from Georgia Tech. That's that, that's kind of, I mean, no, play a little devil's advocate here. Doesn't that kind of make Navy a little bit more of a rival then? Maybe if if you if you have to alter the shit that you do, that's true. Like these fucking bastards, you know, you have to do a little something different that's going to affect you in other games. You little motherfuckers, I have to do this now because of what you do. I guess you know you can make that argument a little bit. So are uh, box elder bugs my rival because every fall I have to make sure that I box elder proof my house so they don't end up in the spring unleashing. I don't, I don't I find them a rival now. I would say yes. So box elder bugs are my rival. All right. Big R. Yeah, they are. They are I don't know bugs. if they're big they R, but they're, they're definitely historical. So, yeah, I mean, okay. So look, look, I, I will, I can concede an argument. I, I will. I can agree that an argument can be made about Navy being a historical <laughs> rival. Anything past that, anything past that, look, that, but they're an, they're an historical rival that was never a little R in my mind. Okay, and so that was why it was hard to put. You can put them in historical, but anything past that, never a little R. Certainly not a fucking big R or even close. No, 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 no. right. Uh, Navy's so only the, won 13 times in the entire so history much, of the season. The fact Can that we, we waste so much breath and uh, you know, number of words and articles and message boards posts over Navy 
is just who is ridiculous. the globe who is the Harlem Globetrotters biggest rival? The, the Washington, Washington General. Generals. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I let's get back to maybe some common ground here, which is I miss the I miss the Michigan State game. I would love to see yes. Michigan State come back on uh, like the Purdue thing. I'm I'm like take it or leave it kind of about Purdue, but the Michigan State game was fun. Um, the team was usually pretty good, or Notre Dame was pretty good, and I felt like you know they had our number there for quite a while during the Davy years. In fact, I think yeah. uh, Bob Davy quipped that he didn't realize there was a megaphone trophy because he never won it. Uh, but you know, it was good. It was good. I, I would I argue stayed, that, I stated that this was a big R for Notre Dame. Yeah. And look, I mean, for, well, for 66, a lot it definitely was a big R. Oh, oh, for sure. There, there is a ton of, and that pisses me off about Notre Dame fans too, where the, the status between Michigan state and Michigan for them. I mean, how many national championships has Michigan state and Michigan won since world war two, each school. Uh, Michigan State, I believe, has two, and Michigan has one shared. Zero point five, yeah. Yes, yes. So I, I, am still clouded about how Michigan is so much bigger of a rival in these people's minds than Michigan State. They were a big R. I mean, this is this was a Michigan huge State thing. This was a, six national and, titles. And on top of that, for all you people fucking touting mutual respect between Notre Dame and Navy, how about Mich- How about showing Michigan State a little fucking respect? Uh, for telling Michigan to, to, you know, to bite them, uh, that they were still going to schedule Notre Dame, and they kiss their ass. Uh, but you know, like, listen, and Jews absolutely right. From '97 to 2010, Notre Dame was only four and fucking ten against Sparty. Yeah. And, and you, know, we couldn't beat them in South Bend. It took nope. forever to get uh, to get a win. We played we played them every year between 1948 and 2013, with only a two year absence. Again, in 95 and 96, oh, my God, what the hell happened uh, in 95? <laughs> it was Golden Tate and Jimmy Clausen with some heroics in 2009 that finally got over the out of the hump. Right. I mean, this we ruined a 2013 Michigan State season. Yeah. Uh, National Championship. Yeah. It, look, there is bad blood. 2011 Little Giants. Um, you had the plant. Yeah. The, the flag plant in 2005. Yep. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of moments within this game. You have, you have Michigan State bitching about the megaphone. Weiss Ted, talking about how he didn't have a f- clue. Teddy uh, Ruxpin, uh, 2006. Yeah, right? you get the great rant from Valeni. There is a lot of stuff with this game. This was for me. For and again, I'm with Jude. I started watching religiously. You know, 87 seasons, basically my start point. I was 10. I was nine years old. You have uh, Duffy Doherty. Duffy Doherty shit talking Notre Dame, basically calling them weak for going for the tie in '66. Yeah, right. I'm saying there there has been a lot. This has been my number two for a long, long time. A long time. I'm here for it. Uh, And uh, you know, unfortunately, Jack swore. I mean, I I don't know how many times I was just going to write a letter and just cuss Jack out. (laughs) This is some fucking bullshit that we cannot. You know, fuck Stanford, which is. Which is going to be funny when we get to the <laughs> But 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 there but listen but I have them there. There's a big R of the last decade. This is a fucking reason. But fuck them. You should be playing Michigan State every year, not Stanford. I and look, none of this shit's going to change. They're always going to schedule Navy. They're always going to fucking play a California school to end the season out in California. It's stupid as hell, but they do it. And that's what they want to do. So there's no change in 
the dumb shit that they do. Obviously, we've won so many national championships doing this route. Uh, so, you know, I, I just think it's bullshit. They, they, Michigan, State is back. The, Michigan State will be back in 2026, 2027. Michigan State will be back but, on the schedule. You know, but you don't placate them as much as you did Purdue. And yeah. I, I think, you know, and, yeah, I, Jude, and I have talked about, Jude and I have talked about this many times where, you know, why not rotate? Why can't we do a Michigan State-Purdue rotation every year? Why can't you do a Navy-Air Force-Army rotation? You know what I'm saying? Where there's two slots. One slot is a Michigan State-Purdue rotation. One slot is an Armed Forces rotation, even. Just you don't do I mean? the 2006 where you're like, let me get all of that. Yeah, look, look, yeah, bring them all here. No, no, you're playing one of them every year. Is basically Faust used to do in the Faust years. They were notorious for playing all the service academies too. That worked out yeah. really well. Yeah, I mean, if, if Coast Guard had a fucking <laughs> F, had a FBS school, they would fucking would have played used to. them. <laughs> so, can we talk about <laughs> Stanford? I'm ready think, to talk about. I think there's an interesting argument to be made, right? Which is the 2011, 12, 13, 14, 15, 17, and 18 games all been ranked versus ranked teams like this is the new that's big the big game it's yeah the big r of the two of the, th- of the last of the, of the brian kelly era stanford is the big is the big hoss right when is, listen when national analysts recruiting when national analysts go go in front of, go in front of their big uh television crowds and they start talking about notre dame stanford over the years what one of the things they keep have hammered home is this is one of the best untaught you know one of the best rivalries in college football that nobody's talking about is Notre Dame Stanford. And they were, this is a time where they're absolutely fucking right. Notre Dame was just four and they're just four and seven against Stanford since 2009. They they didn't win out in Palo Alto. You know, they they did last year. First time since 2007 and Stanford, this isn't just their game either. Stanford is a nationally recognized good program, right? Harbaugh and and Andrew Luck got it rolling. David Shaw against all odds. No, I mean I was certainly in the mix that thought Shaw would just end up taking this thing pretty quick once Harbaugh was gone. And instead, they thrived for a long time. Right. They are running into some issues now for sure. But that Who's doesn't Stanford's dismiss- rival. Cal. Big game. Okay. So Man, it does dismiss. I'm not dismissing. Uh, you can't dismiss this last decade against Stanford. Right. It is a, it's been a big deal. And look at Brian Kelly chugging blood out of the Legends Trophy. <laughs> you know, and the you talk me- to between players. the megaphone and chugging blood, it is. Uh... You know, Ian, but this is a bit, this is a huge game for those players. Again, this is Notre Dame Stanford recruiting. They're yep. recruiting a lot of the same guys. These, they, Offensive they, linemen. It, um, I mean, they, you got the no you got the guy. drama in the 2015 that you know you can maybe make an argument that they kept us out of the playoffs with that win. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can make an argument, sure, uh, but but you know th- this is a it's a big game, and because of the void of a no Michigan of a no Michigan State, it's very easy for me to slide them up to Big R status because of everything we just said. It's it's not that hard. Can they slide back down? Absolutely. I think Stanford went from being a pain in the ass in the early 90s to a fucking flat-out doormat to a little R, and I think they have finally reached, not just from last, I mean, I would say 2017, 2018 is when I started feeling like they really had had come into this category. 
And I think it's all warranted. I think it's all there. Um, you know, Judy or uh, Brenda, you talk about how rivalries there's give and take. This is one of this is why the national this is the big R. Yeah, this is the so big this USC because of the given the don't flow. Do it. It, right? I'm going to uh, do it. I'm going to do it. That's good. <laughs> Notre Dame was was seven and three against USC last decade. It was the almost the inverse against Stanford and Notre Dame and USC. They do get into thing. You know, there is a lot of recruiting battles, uh, skill position players. Um, but there are linemen on USC's roster. Um, you know, Little and um, Andres Pete come to mind as two players that I would have killed to have Notre Dame. Um, Paulson Adebo, mm. right? Um, former Notre Dame commit, Paulson Adebo. Former Notre Dame commit. I mean, players go to, because Notre Dame and Stanford are of similar models, right? They are um, uh, saying, they are they're giving off this image of an academic program that plays football and does things the right way which Notre Dame's business model, Stanford's like, we're, they're essentially trying to set up shop as a West Coast Notre Dame. And it's worked out spectacularly well for them. They put NFL offensive linemen into the, into the league, right? David DeCastro is one of the best guards. Um, they have done They've had good quarterbacks, good quarterbacks, Andrew they've, Luck. They've had good running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Toby Jarhart. I mean, and they got a thing going, right? Like, like tight ends, let's put out three tight ends and let's just, run this as stupidly as David Shaw did against Michigan state. Let's just keep trying Josh to run for this. Probably watch that we're not going to get in lead up to Stanford games. You probably have to watch the game in sweatpants as you see them in like Maryland formation with two fullbacks and a running back behind there. Right. I Where mean, they I have like sweaty. Yeah. It's it. I, I mean, you look sweaty, but the, just as a program and they are the premier program of California through the 2010s. I don't think that's a bold statement, right? I mean, multiple Pac-12 right. titles. And as, as you said, coaching is important too. I mean, Pete Jim Shaw Harbaugh, and, Harbaugh. He, and David Shaw is a whiny bitch. Yeah. He just, he's just constantly crying about shit. So you have two, you have two coaches in a row that you can hate very easily. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of, a lot of people have respect for both those coaches and I get it. They, they've, I mean, I don't know about Harbaugh now at Michigan, but at Stanford, he did what no one thought could be done. And then Shaw, Shaw proved a lot of people wrong uh, in being able to, to, to go to the heights that he has since Harbaugh left. And I mean, classic games, incredible. right? They have classic games. Like Koyak in the back of the end zone. The goal line standing 12. Um, what's his name? Ariupia, is, isn't that the kicker's name? Conrad, the, yeah. Conrad yeah. Is, kicks the field goal. I mean, they've had some – the collapse in – uh, 2017, right where Wimbush just folded at the end, and Stanford scored all the points at the end. I mean, they've had some classic games. Yeah, you're, and, we were up 18. Was it 18 points in 18 the fourth quarter? Points, and then it was like turnover, 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 and then they scored like I don't know, crazy amount of points just in three minute stretch. But they've had some and again, classic games. Got dismissed this gorgeous uh, California Redwood and Irish Crystal Trophy oh. uh, that Brian Kelly has. I mean, he. You know, he did it the uh, what, in 2017, uh, and the, was it 2017? Yeah, no, the, me, 2018. 18. Sorry, 2018. You win it back. He said, if we win it, he's going to chug out of it, and then he does it again in 2000. So he's already at Notre Dame. He did it twice. That's fucking tradition now. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a tradition set in stone. It goes back to uh, when Moose Cross was in school. There, they were chucking. <laughs> 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 they didn't even have Gatorade. He was doing it. 
He was drinking red communion wine. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, that's how it works at Notre Dame. There's tradition. Just you do it twice. It's fucking tradition now. Uh, so, but that, but there you go. That's, I mean, I'm joking about it, but that's the God's honest truth. Notre Dame beat Stanford this year. Guarantee you're going to get, uh, a fighting Irish media shot of Kelly chugging out of the legends trophy. There's just, uh, I mean, there's just no way around it. Uh, that, that, that stepped up that status. You know, Brian Kelly's like personal vendetta really against his little, uh, a huge Achilles heel with Stanford had stepped up that status. I think they absolutely deserve the big R status. Now, if you don't, if you think that they're not, and just, they're still a little R, I respect that. Yeah. I mean, if you want, if you want to have the, a wider berth, but if if you can put Miami and Michigan and Penn State, if we can slot all these guys into a, a time period of big R's, a short time period of big R's, Stanford certainly fits that bill, that same exact bill, and yet we're still scheduled to play them for fucking ever. So if if they hold up their end of the bargain, this this could definitely just keep rolling. Now, if it, they become a trash program, which I think, you know, a lot of transfers, it could definitely happen here. And you're talking like two or three years of uh, of just being trash. Then it slides. It definitely slides down. This would be a year where I think Stanford really needs to show up because the last two years, it was 38-17, 45-24. If this is but another laugher. Up, they need to show up ranked, too. They need to show up. Yeah, they need to show they up ranked. To, well, they did right. in 2018. They showed up they ranked. did. They were yeah, top they ten were, team. That top reminds team. me a lot of that two, 2012 Michigan State team when at right. the time you thought it was a huge win, and then it, and in retrospect it was like, oh, that team wasn't actually very good. Yeah, they went like six and seven or whatever. Well, and that's you know, so that's Josh, I, I think you've persuaded me here. I think if if I had a category of big R, big R in time or big R this decade or whatever, I, I honestly think Stanford. You made a good argument for Stanford because looking at those games, they have been. Uh, and I think Brennan did a good job of kind of recapping the games that, that meant so much to, to the Brian Kelly era. So, um, I, look, I, I always just, I'm going to, I am going to be stubborn about the fact that I just think USC is our one and only rival. But I think if, if we're allowed to have ours, big ours that come in and out, uh, like we did in the 1990s, then I think there's no reason. I think the argument stands that uh, Stanford's a big R for the 2010s. Yeah, embrace it. It's okay. And look, I'm I'm it, I'm, I, I'm getting as far as I can to feel comfortable. It, 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 it breaks it. Like, look, this is college football. This shit's supposed to be fun. Uh, <laughs> and so, if, if there is a chance to embrace something that's just more fun than just another game, just just another fucking Navy game, embrace that <laughs> as this is going to be fun as hell. I mean, I wish I could make Navy into something more than what it is. I, I just I can't. I cannot. I look. I've tried. I have honestly, God, tried. I cannot get there. Uh, Look, I did the same thing with Purdue. I tried. I couldn't get there. But my opinion on that matters less to me than other people's opinion, and that would be players and coaches for that. So um, let's talk about another school on here. One that we have, a couple that we haven't talked about yet. Um, I had Pitt on there as a little R. Agree or disagree? Yeah. The Played, yeah. They played a million and six times. There were some really good games. Uh, 1983 with uh, Notre Dame update upset number one pit. Tony Dorsey. Uh, Dan Marino led pit. Yeah. Um, uh, there's been, yeah, there's, yeah, this is a little R right here. I mean, I, it's, it's weird to think of pit as a, as a little R, but oh man, I mean, just, I think you mentioned in the article, the, the pit super weapon is always 
always uh, vexes Notre Dame. I mean, 2012, 2018 are prime examples of just games yeah, that big time that felt, for Notre Dame. By I way. mean, they did a they do a great job of making Notre Dame fans feel queasy, uh, even when they have a team that on paper doesn't look like it. It should you know should hold the water with Notre Dame. So absolutely, I th- I think this is a um, you know a, a lot of people forget how many times that the Rams play Pitt, but this, this is a, this is a long, this matchup goes back a long, long way. Is so, it the yeah. fourth most, fourth most played opponent? 70 times they played? That sounds right. One times, 71 times. Oh, um, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, the NCAA gotta, can go fuck gotta be up there. Right. So, um, I mean, Pitt won a game in 2004 that some people hold very dearly to their heart. I know I do. Uh, Look, Pitt's only won five times. Pitt has only beat Notre Dame five times since 88. Uh, But each one of those times was absolutely gut-wrenching. Tyler Palco game aside, the 2013 game, you know, Tua getting kicked out for a fucking bullshit-ass targeting call, the way that game, you know, evolved, I mean, I, I, I think about that game quite a bit still uh, uh, and get, kind of what that meant to the season. Um, it, it's, you know, look, it, it's not a big R. It never was a big R. It never will be a big R. But because of the history involved between the two programs and the fact that we are going to still have them on the schedule here and there because of our ACC deal, that's it. If if Notre Dame was – if if they were going to slight – this is the ACC team that Notre Dame is going to play every single year. You know, they get, you get your five games a year, sometimes it's six, but this team is going to be, we're going to designate as the team that plays Notre Dame every year. It would be Pitt. I think that would get thrown out into that mix. I think you're right. And you know what I think a big component of it is, is I think that has to do with Western Pennsylvania and the fact that there are a lot of Catholics in Western I mean, my, my wife's family's from Western Pennsylvania and um, her dad's a Notre Dame alum. And I mean, Joe Montana is a Western Pennsylvania kid. And there's a lot of kids uh, that come from Western Pennsylvania and go to Notre Dame and Notre Dame recruits Western Pennsylvania. There's a former Notre Dame quarterback who's now taking his talents to um, uh, Boston College, who's from Pennsylvania. Uh, Will Fuller is <laughs> from Eastern Pennsylvania. But I mean, a lot of people in Notre Dame has a large contingent of fans in Pennsylvania. Um, And I think that that's what leads to a lot of what leads to a rivalry is um, the fans and the fans create parts of the rivalry. And I think that this one is it's really a fan driven rivalry. Right. And I think the guys that are like, I mean, I'm 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 41 years old. uh, So I I think guys that are like, you know, 50, you know, the guys that are 50 to like. 65, 70, the pit game, they have very, they remember the the seven, the games in the seventies, the games in the eighties. These are very, these were very important big games. Pitt was good. Y'all Pitt was a really good fucking program. How about 80? Uh, you know, how about uh, 89 when Pitt was ranked seven and Notre Dame was number one coming into the game and they beat him 45, seven. And then two years uh, later, Pitt, uh, Pitt's ranked 12th. Notre Dame's ranked seventh, 1991. Whitner Dame wins forty two seven. It's like <laughs> yikes. Um, uh, one game, one the game rock, six the rocket me. lineup at tailback in those games uh, was uh, uh, a beautiful thing. Yeah, 
one of the one of the, the games that sticks out for me and, and I think will stick out for people who have become Notre Dame fans probably since, you know, the mid nineties or whatever, was that two thousand five home uh home opener for Pitt. It was the first game of the season. Uh Dave Wanstat was their new coach. Charlie Weiss was our new coach. And yeah. so there was this kind of um, you know, a lot of juice gonna, in that game. Yeah. Like, you know, NFL coaches going up against each other or whatever. And Notre Dame winning and winning convincingly made me think oh my God, this might be a, you know, Charlie Weiss might be the savior we're looking for. Um, you know, and Pitt didn't ended up being unranked that year, but, um, I, that was a big, that was a big start. I mean, we were beating a ranked Pitt team on the road, uh, you know, and beating them by 20 some points. I, I, I remember that being a big deal beating Pitt that year. I mean, that's what set off sort of the enthusiasm for the Charlie Weiss era was especially the offensive output in that game. So, the yeah. Efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then another one we got on here and, uh, you know, I, I reluctantly put, put it in there I, and I said that, uh, but uh, Boston College. And the biggest reason for me, it, it, it really is less to do with 93 and more to do with you know, losing to Boston College six straight games between 2001 and 2008. And th- these were just what the fucks. Uh, and oh, that I, mean, I, I mean, that 2002 game is just as heartbreaking. I, look, I, I realize it was yes. didn't blow us a national championship like 93, but th- that thing blew up the 2000. Yeah, yeah, it blew up the 2002 season in a way that. We never really recovered from. I would say Tyrone Willingham never really recovered from. And look, the, you know? the way Boston College embraced the hatred of Notre Dame, um, to me, I, I I admire the shit out of that. Like they fucking hate Notre Dame. Yeah, and, and, and they have no no qualms about it. It, it is very Penn State like, um, and I respect the shit out of that. Like, like all right, you know, I mean, they talk a lot of shit, and you know, they were able to back it up. Six fucking wings in a row. And not only that, but they have one of the ultimate, like, like in your face moments from the 93 game. I mean, is I just, the, the, I mean, we can take it even back. You know, Frank Leahy was coaching Boston College. Notre Dame got him. There, I mean, there's some historical. I mean, we've only played well, him 25 about, times. How about the bad blood created by Lou Holtz running a fake punt up, what, 28 points in the third quarter in 92? 92. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. or, when you know when Boston College was ranked number nine, and people kind of forget that that team was loaded too. Um, and you can also yeah. add uh, Mike Mayock and Doug Flutie to the mix. Yeah, of course. Just the guy, fact that you had to listen to the. I mean, that it's adds just, it. It's a weird that they never played each other until 1975. Like when I first when I first found that out a couple of years ago, I was just like dumbfounded. I, I would have sworn they played during like the Leahy years or something, you know. But it's no. It's it a, never it's a, a, I mean, Boston College is big rival was uh, his holy cross except that was their the, rival yeah so they did it we talked about this before and i wrote an article a couple of years ago on, on one foot down about this so we, we could probably find it pretty easily but um you know scientists basically studied who fan bases think are the greatest rival right and so Notre Dame, uh most of them said usc and some said michigan and so on and so forth or whatever Boston College people overwhelmingly picked Notre Dame and Notre Dame people had Boston College like 10th on their list, you know, and it was like one of those deals. I think that the researchers decided it was the biggest gap between one side of the fan base and the other side of the fan base where one side was like, yeah, this is our rival. And the other fan base was like, 
new phone, who this, you know, like it was, <laughs> it, it was just, it was really funny. So I think that's part of the rivalry, right? They embrace the fact that they want to beat Notre Dame. This is a, this is, this is a mark your calendars game for them. And, you know, Notre Dame plays a blase, but they look, they know that, that Boston college, you know, they know enough to know that Boston college has ruined plenty of good seasons and they're not going to come out and lose this game. This is a game that they don't want to lose because, you know, it's there's there's a rivalry trophy on the line and there's some bragging rights on the line and and there's no reason that Boston College in its current incarnation. I mean, Matt Ryan, Boston College, yeah, they should have beaten Notre Dame, but this current incarnation of Boston College, no way. So. Uh, Phil Jerkovic, uh, 2022 Boston College. <laughs> yeah. Pass. So. <laughs> I just I, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, you know, and again, uh, I mean, call me. Call me crazy, and many of you do. Uh, but you know, I love rivalry trophies. This one, I've always been fascinated the fact that there's not only Two. the Frank, Mo- uh, yeah, there's not only Two. the Frank Leahy Memorial Bowl, but there is the one between the student bodies called the yeah. Ireland Trophy. The Ireland Trophy. Uh, so, yeah. so I, I find that fascinating, and, sh- and should call it the Acceptance cool. Letter Trophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's that. I mean, it's just it's a. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it, it's a game that, like you said, many Irish fans like have way down the fucking list. I mean, sports has it says, way up their list. Sports but, sells a T-shirt that says backup college and Boston College lettering. You know, like I'm I, I'm sure when I went to a, a Boston College game, I saw more than a few fans sporting Rudy was offsides T-shirts, you know. Oh, so like, you sure they were all wearing their yellow fucking super the, fan the super fan T-shirts? Yeah, I saw a lot of those, too, but. Um, you know, look, yeah, I, I mean, I, Boston I, college I, is Catholic Purdue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I mean, in a lot of ways, so I mean, yeah, you got the Holy cross versus Jesuits. Uh, no, I mean, they're, they're Fredo, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you, you got a fucking nickname for them. There's enough there, which to me is surprising as hell when they, they played only 25 times. And one of those was a bowl game. Uh, so but there's still enough there that I believe that this could be classified as a little R. Yeah. I mean, if someone says they don't give a shit, blah, blah, I respect that. That's fine. Okay. Uh, Boston college feels the opposite, which is I think why I gravitate towards it uh, because I really like the hate. I mean, there's nothing, but this is why college football is, is so fantastic. Uh, I'll embrace that. I'll take that, take that in. And look again, 2001, 2008, was a dark time and that, <laughs> that you know 2005 2006 they didn't play uh, uh it was just it was tough it was, it was a tough to sit through and they can talk as good a shit as anybody and they definitely did during that and that makes that that puts them up on my list just a little bit all right is there any of these uh, we've i think we've talked about them all um yeah uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was just saying we really didn't talk much about Miami. And I don't think any of the commenters brought up any any teams besides Navy that they thought should be on the list. I mean, I think they quibbled maybe with certain designations and, that you had, but I don't think there was somebody who said, you know, you really blew it when you didn't mention X team or whatever. I think you covered all the bases. Yeah, and, uh, and my, my goal was not to just put all these teams in to placate people. Th- this was something I actually feel like. Like there is a certain level. Notre Dame is just unique. This this isn't Ohio State where you're 
you're, you have one and only rival is Michigan and that's it. I mean, they have a trophy with Illinois, but are we ever going to call that a rivalry? No, um, no, I, I mean, even a rivalry, you know, you know, the, it's the advantage Ohio state has over Michigan because Michigan still has Michigan state. And then, you know, for 30 years prior, they had Notre Dame too. Uh, so, you know, Ohio state just had their one rival. You could make an argument that Penn state is creeping into that rival category with Ohio state. If they I haven't already, Michigan state is getting in Michigan state's beaten Ohio state well, more she, than Michigan has. I was down in Col- I was down in Columbus. I was in Columbus, uh, in 98, uh, completely off my rocker. Um, uh, <laughs> that is a wild story. Uh, but I was in there down there 98 with Michigan state beat probably the most talented Ohio Nick state Steven. team of yeah. all time. Uh, unbelievable. That I never heard Columbus so quiet. It was, but the, and who's the second most talented team. It was that, um, what 2000 and, um, uh, seven or 2015 team. That 2015 Ohio state team was just absolutely loaded, <laughs> loaded. And that was our consolation. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go play Ohio state in a fucking bowl, bowl game. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, all this stuff is, uh, you know, very opinion driven. I just, you're never going to get me to say Navy's a little R. Uh, historical rival, I, I can, I can concede that point some, uh, but anything more than that, you're, you're out of your, you're out of your mind, out of your absolute mind. It's just, it's just a game, and it's a fucking marketing scheme, uh, is all for me. Um, I, I do want to touch on something before we go though, and that is, Brendan started to allude to it. And it was something I was going to put in the article, and I just decided just to keep it out. And is that who's out there who could be a future little R? I don't think that there's any future big R's out there. Oh, there's that a we future big R. About. I guess I can't see it like that. I know what you get. Uh, I mean, I I, under, I don't know. Go ahead. Talk Go ahead. It. Go ahead. Go ahead. Clemson's if if they're not a big R unless Notre Dame manages to keep up their end of the bargain this year, because I'm I'm of the firm under belief that there needs to be give and take in the rivalry. (laughs) You actually need to win the games. You have to win. You can't you can't you can't just (laughs) play them every year. And that's sort of my argument. You can't go 43 years. You can't uh, go 43 years and be considered a rival. No, I, just because you show up to work every day and you talk to a person, it doesn't mean that that person's your friend. Exactly. Uh, so there has to be some give and take. But so if Notre Dame is able to keep up, if Notre Dame can keep up their end of the deal against Clemson this year and they beat Clemson, it's game on. At that yeah, but this, no, but okay, but I think it has to extend past that. Notre well, Dame has two more games in the near future, very near future, scheduled with Clemson after this. 22-23. But then so, Clemson comes back onto the schedule again in 2027 and 2028-28 is, is too far off. But if you have – listen, if you have the regular season games like we have this year in 22 and 23, and then let's say they meet in the playoffs yeah. or a bowl game, I, it probably would have to be the playoffs – I, then I think that you could get, I just, I just think a win this year doesn't exactly make them rivals in any sense. If they're a win this year, I mean, they're playing each other with greater regularity than cross conference rivals in any major conference are. It's, 
So Notre Dame starting this year gonna, like, Clem- for the next decade. I think the I think the Notre possibility is certainly Clemson there, but it has to come after twenty three. In, in twenty two or twenty three. So in the next decade, Notre Dame. So in the twenty twenties, right? So in the twenties, Notre Dame plays Clemson one, two, three, and this is just scheduled games, right? Um, four, five. They play him half of half of every year for the next decade, and that's excluding bowl games. I mean, so every I mean, I, other. I, saying, I think there's definitely a possibility for it to happen. Yeah, I mean, but Notre Dame has to keep up their end of the schedule, and if they do keep up their end of the schedule, and if Notre Dame beats Clemson this year, I think that means Notre Dame's good, and I think that that means if Notre Dame's not playing Clemson in the regular season. In November, we're going to, I mean, on Halloween night, typically is how the first playoff bracket comes out. You'll probably see Notre Dame and Clemson showing up in that top four area more often than not. And that's where you can kind of get a little, because I would say that Clemson and Alabama have kind of formed a rivalry, wouldn't you guys, in the last uh uh, five but years. All their games have been on the biggest stage, though. They sure have. So that that makes that does make a little difference than than like the 2015 game. Well, the uh, 2018 huge game, game was huge on game. the biggest stage. Correct. True. True. And this year, uh, it's Clemson's biggest game and Notre Dame's biggest game. And if they maybe dude, they play again in 2021. Dude, what's your take on this with Clemson? I think Brennan and I are pretty in line about the possibility of uh, whether it's a different route or not, but. I think we're pretty in line. What, what's your take on that? Can can Clemson, you know, given the right circumstances of of winning, uh, you know, holding up your end of the bargain, can Notre Dame, can Clemson become a a rival of Notre Dame? Absolutely. And I also am going to keep my eye on a team like Miami, just because the past history yeah. could become the future history, especially right. if Miami becomes good again. Uh, it's and just so. And I still it's so funny to me. It's just so funny to me to think of how the wheels have come off for Miami after that, that beatdown that they gave Notre Dame in 2017. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, they just have been not, not a real good football team, but uh, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm down. I, I'm with Brendan though. You got to win one of these. You got to win a couple you of these sure games. Do. And oh, I yeah. think it's got to start this year. In this order is, for this the... is Ohio. This is the Ohio state dread, which is like, do you know the last year we beat Ohio state? I believe 35, 1935. Yes. Yeah. So I, I trust me. I know I live in Ohio. Who, yeah. who would have thought in 2012 when Notre Dame inked this ACC deal that in 2020, we would talk, be talking, not Florida state, not Miami, not even Virginia tech. We'd be saying, Oh yeah. Clemson. Clemson yeah. is going to be Notre Dame's big rival. Yeah. yeah. I think that, I think that's what makes it interesting. Now look, you know, I mean, Clemson has, who's their rival? South Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's their main rival. And it's a game that just, I mean, it's not a big, it's not a big deal outside of the uh, Palmetto State. Yeah. It just no, no one gives a shit. Uh, you, 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 you're waiting to see if South Carolina can pull the upset now, right? Like it's like, you know, can they pull it off in a, in a rivalry game? That, that's basically all you're really waiting on. Uh, but there's no one, it, it, this isn't really Clemson's fault. Um, because it's fucking state law. Basically, I mean, Clem, like Furman is Clemson's fucking Navy, right? Is it Furman? Yeah, yeah it's Furman. Uh, uh, 
they're, they're mandated by state law to play these podunk teams. Uh, so, so even if Navy wanted to venture outside of the ACC more, it's harder for them uh, given you know the certain laws that they have. I'm not making excuses for them. I, I still think their, their schedule feels like an absolute fucking joke a lot of times. But it is what it is. It, it, not, not a whole lot they can fucking do about it uh, until they can change the state law. Uh, so there is definitely, you know, as much as I think that we as Notre Dame fans want Clemson to become a rival, I think on the flip side, I think Clemson fans would embrace that. Um, they probably won't embrace the losses uh, with so much glee, uh, you know, if Notre Dame holds up their end of the bargain. But I think they would embrace a a, a strong outside rival. They certainly have with Alabama because, uh, you know, of what it all means. But they don't have a whole lot surrounding them. Um you know, that matters. I mean, like, look, Notre Dame is teams just teams are like Notre Dame. They, even like the big dog, like Alabama, they just don't have all these rivals laying around. You got Auburn, LSU, Tennessee. I mean, that's three. I mean, Notre Dame, we're lining up like what? Seven, you know, some years you look at your past schedules, look at Notre Dame's schedule, you know, like three quarters of their schedule are a quote unquote, a rival. Uh, so Notre Dame's different on that end. Clemson is very uh, different in that, where they just don't have that. So I think that could be embraced given the right circumstances, you know? And I think good on good is really what facilitates a rivalry, is good teams playing each other over a continuous period of time is what can re- – like. I do, the greatest sports rivalry of my lifetime is the Detroit Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche. They're not a rival mm, now. That was I great. Mean, the Avalanche it, are. A but back then, rival, it was. So are the, oh my so God. the Wings. But oh yeah. my God, in the late 90s, early 2000s, that was the rivalry in sports. The bad blood. They were the best teams, cups, and literally, you know, one team. literally blood. Yeah. A lot of it. <laughs> I mean, it literally. I mean, Chris Draper's face, uh, Claude Lemieux. Um, skidded Chris Draper's face along the 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 McCarty, the, yeah, Just and then McCarty. And, uh, I mean, you had Vernon versus Patrick Waugh, and then the next season Osgood versus Patrick okay, Waugh so fighting, and just so that now that you so you bring that up, it, and so I would point out that Miami was like that for Notre Dame yes. because of all those you yep. know, all those circumstances involved. Florida State even, um, yeah, be, you know, a lot of it was I wouldn't say manufactured, but it was guys talking shit. And and the way the media portrayed them, uh, but that's certainly, I, I mean, that's certainly part of it. That's not made up. I mean, that's just certainly part I, of it. Penn State was so you, um, poignant from Jude as well. I think it was the same so, way. Where and that's my point with rivalries is, I don't get as much caught into the the teams as as much as it is like the moments, the coaches, the players, like Mark D'Antonio and Brian Kelly at the start of the Kelly era. I mean, starting with starting that that series off with Little Giants and stuff, it, it just uh, I don't know. It, it's a hell of a rival. It was a hell of a rivalry between two coaches that I don't think particularly enjoyed each other's company at the time. Mm-hmm. And both since both former Cincinnati Bearcat or Cincinnati Bearcats, <laughs> um, David Shaw and Brian Kelly, like you said, Josh, I, that's what like I'm looking for is I'm looking for teams that don't like each other. And I can feel that there there may have been a little bit of mutual respect in 2015, 2018 with Clemson and Notre Dame. But I think starting this season, 
it's going to get, there's going to be some bad blood in South Bend and I'm here for I it. I mean, and here's the, th- I kind of thought, not that I, w- not that I ever thought that like, like Georgia was going to turn into a, uh, a pseudo rival for Notre Dame down the road, but like, because of what happened in 2018, I really thought more was going to be made leading up to the Georgia game about, about all that. And I was quite disappointed that I Me felt too. like maybe I was one of the, one of the few people that was bringing it up. The like let's, let's talk about the playoffs. It. Let's talk about this shit. You know, let's, let's get all the nastiness out and get to it. Now, some of that has to do with, cause Notre Dame is never going to be like laying in, you know, laying into that side of things. What about save you know, Jimmy Johnson's ass for me? This is all, this is all pre, uh, pre hardcore Notre Dame, uh, state run media. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a big, there's a big difference. And a lot of that, a lot of the Jimmy Johnson stuff, that wasn't like he was saying it to the media. He said it in the locker room. Yeah. So, so there's a big difference in that. But, uh, man, I don't know. I just, there is a, there is a sliver of chance to make Clemson a, a big time. I don't even know if it'd be big R, but at least uh, if you making them a little R and I would like to see that because that means that Notre Dame has risen to the spot that we all had hoped they would be. They're on that, that tier, if you will. Um, it yeah. just wish item, wish item, and I, and I guess I'll kick it to Jude. If there was a single team in college football that you wish Notre Dame was a rival with, is there a team that you wish Notre Dame was a rivalry with? Like the entirety oh. of the sport, the 130 teams. Maybe it was LSU because of all of the bowl games and stuff. And because you'd like to take a trip down. To I don't know. I mean, my 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 gut is to say Ohio State. You know, just because I would love for that to be a little bit more of a clash of the Titans than it's been. Um, you know, it would have been nice to be Urban Meyer. Uh, but that's the one that immediately comes to mind. You know? Uh, I'm with you I think on it, that. I think, it, I think it's just possible that you'd see Ohio State on the schedule a lot. I mean, they're not, look, they've got two games with Alabama coming up, but we're not going to see Alabama. Um it's, it doesn't have that regional flair that the, the temptation that Michigan or Michigan state or Ohio state has, you know, so. Cause Ohio state is a more of a national program. Well, they're going to be on the schedule, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean 2022, like, 23 to, to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? That's yeah. it's, it's tired, but it's true. And so I, I'm looking forward to not having 1935 <laughs> hung over the head, you know, and <laughs> yeah. again, like, they haven't played that much. Right? It's kind of like the Hawaii bowl, you know, but they had two shots in the nineties. They failed. They had two shots in the, well, well they had one shot in the two thousands and one shot in the 2010s and they failed. So it's like, it's time, you know? So yeah. Was it, what was the, uh, 2011 rise and strike or that 2009? Yeah. 2000, uh, 2000, <laughs> uh, yeah. Rise and strike the, I'm gonna so, put my that so, Brian Strick shirt on. It's classic. Uh, so now that we've come full circle to uh, from shirt to shirt on uh, this podcast, uh, I think we're gonna start to get out of here. Jude, did you have anything left to to add? Yeah, I've got two things. Uh, first of all, congratulations to Ben Koyak who uh, found himself a um, a lifelong friend, but uh, uh, who happens to be a former professional women's golfer and now is an analyst for Golf TV. Her name is Henny. Um, and they bought a house together and they were secretly married in January, which he just made public. Uh, so congratulations to him. He's not playing in the NFL right now. He's a, currently a free agent. He's not signed with a team as far as I know. So, uh, they bought a house out in Scottsdale, 
for what that's worth. Um, second thing is that I'm running a, a quiz that I forgot to mention last week, and I was really beating myself up about that, so I'm not going to forget this week. It's called uh, just tongue-in-cheek facts that may only interest Tom Hammond. It comes from my extensive uh, obsession with buying old Notre Dame programs and reading them. Um, it's stuff that you – I don't why? believe – yeah, yeah. She, she's very mad about this. Big mad. Um, it's, I don't think it's stuff that you can easily Google. There are some, there are some things you probably can find. Uh, I encourage everybody to take it. It's a free quiz and the person who gets the most right is going to get a free t-shirt from either the breaking tea correction or uh, assuming that they, there's something still there that they want. Um, or we can probably make another arrangement for, for another t-shirt, but, uh, I'm completely running. This has nothing to do with our SB nation overlords. Just want to make that clear. Um, there are the many legal things involved. Yes, the prize is coming out of my pocket. Uh, you know, so if you get mad, get mad at me, don't get mad at uh, Vox media. <laughs> so, uh, right now, uh, it's a 20 question quiz and it's multiple choice right now. The best, uh, response has been, the the top score has been 10. So the top person's got 50% right. So if you I think felt you could, very stupid taking it. Very <laughs> you, dumb. Very, you very you, dumb. If you think you could beat 10, uh, you should definitely take the quiz. So it's, wow, uh, again, hard. it's facts that may only interest Tom Hammond. So, you know, you're going to ask Tom a lot of weird questions. Um, but I will give you a free hint. Uh, Wilfred Brimley was a lot older than Tommy Reese was when he made Cocoon. So... Uh, <laughs> Nice hint. Don't 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 pick Tommy Reese. <laughs> yeah, I felt like a. I mean, I did. I felt like an absolute moron taking that. I'm like, Jude, you son of a bitch. Uh, because I thought, oh, I, you know, I, I might be able to nail about half of these. I bet I got all. I mean, I, I no shit. I bet I got three correct. But you could tell. Well, I, I was gonna say, keep talking. I will look it up for you. So. Yeah, look it up. I, I mean, I think I think I maybe only got three. I, I mean, I had a guy, I had a guy, I had a guy reach out to me today on Twitter and he said, you know, Hey, thanks for making my, my trip. I'm, you know, I'm driving, I'm the passenger. You mean, you know, you, you gave me 10 minutes of entertainment today. And I said, Oh, happy to do it. And he goes, when do I get my score release? I go, hold on. I'll look it up for you. He got a four. He's like, woof. I was like, no, four is good. <laughs> four is about the average. So yeah. All right. Well, so keep, Jude's looking at, go. yeah, keep talking. I'll, I'll look up, it up for right? you. you got anything, got anything to add? Uh, no, 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 I, I have, I have nothing really, uh, of significance to add here. Um, I would like to, to point out that, um, you did at the, at the beginning of the show, stole me with the title, but, uh, while we're getting to the end here, uh, you forgot to, to mention Jude's title is, uh, Jude the Unwashed. Um, <laughs> Jude the Unwashed. Yes. Forgot to, forgot we were going there. I, I have, uh, I, I, you might have a floating title, Brendan. I will, uh, I will take that floating title. It might, it might change that. I, I was, uh, I was going to call you the, the, uh, the thin white Duke. Cause I was thinking a lot about David Bowie today, but given the, <laughs> given the, uh, circumstances involving that name and, uh, the country right now, I thought that was uh, awful. It might uh, not, might not be, uh, wouldn't be no. prudent. No, I don't know why. I don't know why I, I had a long conversation about David Bowie, uh, with someone yesterday. <laughs> And so when I, I was just thinking, oh, what a what a fine name uh, the Thin White Duke is, and like, but no, that is not. That's fucking yeah, they're, terrible. They're coming for John Wayne, um, and he is the Duke. So uh, might not. It might be good to to, to keep the Duke. I, I don't know. That was I like mean, a cocaine reference or something, wasn't it? Thin White Duke. 
Yeah, well, it was on Station to Station album. It, he got he got pretty. Uh, Bowie had uh, very nice things to say about Nazis. Let's put it that way. Oh, ooh. He he was he was very kind uh, uh, with Nazis and with. Uh, oh boy, he, not he, great. He, he, yeah, he he did a lot of drugs, so he said some stupid shit. Okay, <laughs> I mean, so uh, yeah, it was not good. It was not good at all. This was. This was back when he was in, um, ah, fuck, he was in LA and just, he literally lived off of cocaine, peppers, and milk for two years. That was Ooh, it. Sounds reasonable. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that was it. Literally it. So, and, and a shitload of cigarettes. Uh, so, yeah, I imagine he had some pretty fucked up thoughts. Uh, and that was one of them. But, anyways, I, this is a last kingdom. Notre Dame podcast. It sure <laughs> is. Uh, and I will take the greatest character of the last kingdom. Uh, yeah, he, all day, you every know, day. Finnan's fantastic. He's uh, amazing. Uh, but um, if, listen, if you guys haven't watched the last kingdom yet, and I keep saying, I know Jude hasn't, you need to. Uh, and I, I just rewatched the whole series uh, because I'd watched season four and it felt a little underwhelming went back and watched it all the way through. Uh, and then it fucking hit right on home. Uh, and I was totally down with that. Did you, did you ever find that answer? I did. You got five, right? You oh, missed, hey, look at that. You missed the first 14 questions and then nailed five out of the last six. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, I was streaky. That's man. The proverbial, streaky. Uh, uh, NBA to everybody makes a run in the fourth. Yep, just uh, just I'm just shooting threes at that point, just throwing them up. <laughs> All right, well yeah. I really don't have anything else to add uh, other than like, look, pay pay attention this week. Um, uh, we got two big uh, two big weeks of rivalry talk. Uh, I know today on the site, lighten it up with those Navy takes. Uh, but uh, we will definitely get beyond that. Um, the guys that were all and Gal and Lauren, uh, everyone that was working on the uh, player profiles, the coach profiles. They've been reassigned to rivalry uh, stuff for this week, or this weekend, next week. Uh, so we should get a lot of good stuff. And there will be other talk about, other than football. Uh, we'll, we'll see some basketball stuff in there. Uh, probably some hockey stuff. We'll, you know, we'll get to it. It's it should be fun. Uh, we're all just kind of counting down, getting to that point. Every, please wear your masks so we can have college football. Please wear um, your mask over your nose. Over your nose. Don't be a Mike Leach. Although that was one of my that was so awesome. Uh, like, Kiffin didn't know what to do when Leach, when Leach grabbed that mask. Well, he knew what to do. He tweeted him out the next day and said, put it over your nose. <laughs> I mean, I'm just waiting for the Joey Freshwater right hook. Uh, <laughs> the Egg Bulls getting a, getting a good start. Like, And that's that's what we're talking about, man. We, we want college football. It's going to be different this year because the whole fan thing and all that, but God bless college football and, and its greatness. And let's just, let's get there. Let's, let's fucking, let's get it to happen. Um, I guess baseball is going to start here soon. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, uh, that's all I got. Please leave a uh, rating review over on Apple podcasts. Again, I will read uh, whatever review you leave and uh, it'll be that. So for everyone here on the OFD podcast, thanks again and go Irish. Go Irish.